the world. Yeah, I'm with the world. Yeah, I want it all. Said I'm with the world. Yeah, I'm with the world. I'm coming to get it. Don't care what you heard. Don't care what you heard. I'm taking it all. Cause I'm with the world. Yeah, I'm with the world. Yeah, I'm with the world. It's the best in the game. Best in the biz. About that time. And you know what it is. Coming from Brooklyn. Bringing that truth. Never gonna lie. Never gonna lose. Always on top. Keeping it steady. He'll make you tap out. And you won't be ready. He got the suplex. Breaking your back. Now everyone in the world. Gonna listen to Taz. All right, what's up, everybody? This is He Taz, and uh, welcome to a special edition of the Taz Show. This is a SummerSlam reaction show. SummerSlam just concluded a little bit ago uh, in Toronto, lovely Toronto, Canada, to a sold-out house that the WWE had. Uh, we're coming to you live right now from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans Studio. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. The phone number here is 855-212-4227. That's an 855-212-4227. Currently, the phone lines are jammed already, so be patient. Uh, Do your best to try and get through. Uh, I'll get to the phones in a second. We've got a special guest coming up a little while later on tonight, uh, Mike Johnson from PW Insider. Mike is always a part of these specials for the most part, so Mike will be uh, jumping on here for a segment uh, to get his reaction to uh, you know SummerSlam and with the folks uh, and the fan base that he has over there at PW Insider uh, that provides a lot of great wrestling news, you know, what they think of it. Uh, we got Ryan producing the show. We got Brian running the board. So these guys do a great job. Also, special shout-out before I get going with the show to uh, Robbie. You guys remember Robbie from the Taz Show was a producer, uh, a litany of producers I've had. I've had a, a whole bunch there, uh, Ryan, a lot. So uh, you weren't one of them, right? And uh, you, you survived without being there. Uh, I went through about six or seven of them in a matter of, uh, you know, four years. But I digress. So Robbie, I want to thank Robbie Rosenhouse because Robbie uh, help, helped me a little bit with show prep, did his producer role without even being producing the show. How about that? So a special shout-out to my man Robbie. Um, so uh, we have a new uh, Universal Champ. That's the news right now for those wrestling fans out there that are listening to me right now or calling the show or, or on hold, I should say. Uh, yeah, it happened. Brock Lesnar wa- was beat. He lost. He lost to <laughs> to Seth Rollins. It happened, and a lot of people were wondering if that was going to happen, and I think a lot of people wanted that to happen. Um, there was a lot of many, I should say, many interesting things that happened in this show. The, the finish uh, and the way they went to the finish of the main event I thought was excellent. Um, just to work backwards for a second, you know, with the main event, the Universal Championship, where Seth Rollins went into the match as the challenger. When they went towards the end of the match, they set up a great, uh, not one, but two, well, actually, well, the one set it up, a great false finish, uh, which is basically an inside term for when someone's about to lose a match, you think they're going to lose. There's a move set up in that thing there, and then the way the move happens, the way the guy sells the move who gets hit with the move, in this case it was Lesnar, and how he reacts when he goes down and when he kicks out, that's what makes a great false finish, you know, where you put it in the matches. A lot of little things, little nuances, but they did a great false finish with the curb stomp by Seth Rollins on Brock, and Brock did a real late kick out and a great no-sell uh, before he kicked out. And I normally, as a viewer now, as a former wrestler and a former announcer, former trainer, I usually don't get caught on the false finishes. They caught me on this one. I thought they had me. And then they was really uh, swift. They went, the way they went into another, almost like a false finish, with a counter off the F5 by Rollins, and then he ends up getting the win with the second curb stomp. So, And there you go. Who would have thunk it, right? Seth Rollins, the new universal champion. 
So, well, I'm sure a lot of people are calling the show want to talk about that or people that want to try and get through the call of the show are going to want to talk about that match. Um, I think a lot of the scuttlebutt, and there's, like I said, there's a lot to get into with the show, uh, with the SummerSlim show. As far as just right, right out of the box, I mean, I, I would have to give the show a thumbs up, you know. Um, I would have to give it a thumbs up for the most part. I liked it. I mean, the only thing that I really disliked was the finish of the WWE Championship match where Kofi Kingston was defending his title against uh, Randy Orton, and it was it was a count-out finish. That's BS. I mean, you can't do that. you got to give the people a finish. You, you, it's a championship match. It's a massive pay-per-view. It's, it, you know, you, you're... You're still in. You're still trying to make Kofi as that believable champion. As as long of a career and successful career as you've had, the bulk of his success has been with the New Day, with two other men. So you know, it, with his his buddies, as his buddies and stuff. And you you know, he's an undersized champ. And I know Kofi personally, and I respect the hell out of him. I love him. I, I know Randy personally. I love him too. Um, I think there's an opportunity here that you could have got Kofi a gigantic win over Randy Orton with his finishing move. I just think that that would have been important. If not, then hell. Then, and I'm not saying they should have done this, but then put take the belt off Kofi and put it on put it on Randy. Just give us a finish. You can't just – I just don't – I mean, I should say you can't do it because they did do it. You shouldn't do that in this day and age. Um, I just don't think you should do that. I just – I wasn't a fan of that. That, that kind of was one of the main things that jumped out to me um, on the show that I didn't like. Otherwise, for the most part – um, I liked everything a lot. The only other thing I didn't, I didn't like a little was the, the Goldberg Ziggler stuff. I just thought it was too quick. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people will want to get into that too. So I'm just kind of setting the table a little bit here for you. Goldberg won that match and it was weird because Ziggler kept like cutting promos on the mic as he was laying there hurting and selling as Goldberg was up the ramp and like saying, you know, you don't face me man to man. And we just whooped your butt man to man. I don't and then he came in, did it again. Like it was just, <laughs> then, then again, it was just strange. Like it was just strange. I, I, you know, I don't know what they were trying to get to get accomplished there. I really, I really don't. Um, so I thought that stuff was all odd. So let me get to some of these calls because you know what? I got a funny feeling that the phone line's gonna be jammed up here, Ryan. So uh, we might as well start uh, letting letting them through. Let me in, like Bray Wyatt would say. Let me in. Let's go out to California. And uh, talk to Miles. You're uh, Miles Ron with Taz, special edition of the Taz Show. What's going on, man? Hey, man, it's been a long time, bro. Long, long time. Long time, no talk. You're good, man. Everything good? Yeah, man. I've been at my job for a year, man. I'm doing good. Well, congratulations. For those that don't know, when I my show was daily every day, the Taz Show just covering wrestling, Miles was a regular caller, like a lot of folks, and he was one of the regular callers, calling from Cali all the time. So, what's up, man? What'd you think of SummerSlam? I thought it was pretty good. I get what you're saying about Goldberg. And I kind of, I kind of was a little disappointed about the whole Kofi situation. I think he got retribution kind of with the Kindle stick and everything. But other than that, man, I got to be honest, The Fiend tripped me out. That entrance and the lantern with Wyatt's face. Dude. Yeah, yeah I know. And listen. What do you got to say about that, match? Well, man? first of all, I, I'll tell you, Miles, I appreciate the call. Good hearing from you, dude. I got to tell you, uh, The Fiend, that's Bray Wyatt. So he, he, we saw his much, away, much anticipated debut with his new music and stuff like that and lighting treatment and everything they did in the arena. Wow, it was awesome. The song was tremendous. It was a remix version of his um his current like well his um his normal WWE song. It was like a remix version, kind of like a Marilyn Manson type version. Brian, I don't know if you can get it. I think, I think it just happened. So I don't know if you can <laughs> if you can grab it that'd be great. Let me know. But um 
it was the, the song was sweet. I mean, it was really, really cool remix version. Remixed version. The lighting was cool. And everybody was doing the Firefly thing, and he wore a mask. You know what I mean? And he had the whole thing going on. I, I, look, the match was funky. It was wild. Mandible Claw, Finn Balor. It was not a good night for Finn. I, I, I got to tell you, just, just, uh, you know. Straight up, I said this someplace the other day. I don't know if it was on my podcast or where the heck I was when I said it. I said it to somebody. I can't remember where it was for the life of me. Too many chair shots, I guess. I don't know why. I mean, I'm a, I'm strongly assuming they're going to do a rematch with Finn and, and the Fiend here, Bray Wyatt. Why, oh, why are you not giving us <laughs> the, the, the demon Finn Balor? The demon versus the fiend. These two entrances. Now, I might have just answered my own question and have answered my own gripe, and, and maybe it's something they're going to do down the road here. I hope so. I hope so because it's money, money, right there. But, but if you caught the pre-show, they were also doing something with Finn Balor. It was a little teaser Rooney there with the OC, with his former members of the Bullet Club. You know, in in Anderson Gallows and AJ Styles, they had a little interaction with with him and. They threw up the, the the two sweet hand gimmick, and they said, you know, think about it. We got you back. Da, 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 da. So it was pretty interesting. So who knows what they're going with? I mean, maybe maybe there's brighter days coming for Finn Balor because Finn Balor is a tremendous talent. He's underutilized right now, in my opinion. Um, but I, I would have loved to have seen the Demon versus the Fiend. Maybe we're going to get that real soon. Uh, we shall see. Let's go uh, out to Canada where the – uh, SummerSlam was. SummerSlam was in Toronto. This gentleman, Ryan, he's from Ottawa, though. Uh, Ottawa, you, uh, Ottawa. I mean, Ryan, you're on a special edition of the Taz Show. What's going on, buddy? How's it going, brother? Good, man. You got your radio turned down, right? Your radio's not on, right? Just when you're on the air, just, just lower it. Yeah, I know. I got no radio. Just walking the streets of Toronto where it's loud and crazy after a pretty decent pay-per-view, man. It was, uh, it was pretty good. And I just want to thank you, uh, couple buddies of mine who were repping the Taz shirt this week, and you uh, did a little retweet there, so thank you for that. Uh, well, I appreciate the love. So wait, I'm, Ryan, so I know, were you at like a party, or you at the extra show? You went to, ah, watch it! Were you at the show, are you at the show or where were we, you? We just, we just left the show, so we're we're kind of out walking. We're going to try and find a place to have a drink right now. I'm sure so, you won't have a problem with that. But listen, it's pretty loud. Out there. Let me so. ask you this. I'm, I'm glad you called from the show. Now, so tell me, because you can give us all, everybody listening to my show, and tell me, what was the feel in the, in the building? Were people reacting? I mean, was it loud? What, what was your feel? You guys seemed pissed off after, after the uh, Randy Orton finish. Well, I'll tell you, it, it, I think everybody was a little mad about the whole you know, count out, but in the arena, we didn't really know what happened. Like we, there was no announcement that it was a count out. There was nothing. It just, really? uh, the bell rang and that was it. Um, so everybody was kind of going, well, was it a DQ? Because Kofi kind of snapped. Like we we just, we didn't, nobody knew in right. the arena what the hell happened. Um, I think the biggest pop of the night was definitely Kevin Owens. Yeah. Um, it was, it was absolutely insane for him, but um, you know, and as, Jerry Lawler used to say, this is bizarro world up here, right? So, <laughs> I know, know, I've been there. Who, <laughs> I know. The people who would, we would, you know, you'd normally hear cheered, we're getting food, but then by the end of the night, you know, like Seth comes out and gets food at the beginning of the match. And right. then at the end of the night, everybody's cheering. Yeah, I was right? going to say and, that. I was just saying, Ryan, about Seth, man. People weren't really, he, he didn't get a big pop at all when he came out, but after he won, oh my God, it was like he was, uh, you know, he was the king of kings there in uh, in uh, Toronto. Uh, Ryan, appreciate the call, dude, and I'm 
I'm sure you'll find a uh, an, an adult drinking establishment to have a pop or two in Toronto right now. It's probably very busy. So anyway, uh, we're going to get back to these busy phone lines. The other side, remember later on, I got Mike Johnson coming off of PW Insider. Going to get into some of these matches. Going to talk a little bit about Natalia versus Becky Lynch. There's a lot to cover here. Everybody on hold. Hang in there. If you want to try and call the show, 855 uh, take two. 855-212-4227. I'm Taz, special edition of the Taz Show. Sit tight. Be right back. All right, well, CBS Sports Radio toll-free line, 855-212-4227 is brought to you by GEICO. Great news. Oh, this is such great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. Yeah, what's up? I'm Taz. Uh, This is a special edition of the Taz Show. A lot of you people, and I say you people in loving fashion, you might know me from uh, Taz and the Moose uh, every morning, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern on CBS Sports Radio. Or you know me from the, the Taz Show, a podcast that I do uh, for a long time on the cusp of 700 episodes of that bad boy. So that's me, Solo Jones, on that. We're talking about SummerSlam. Big event that just happened uh, in uh, Toronto. Sold-out event. Uh, it was huge. It was awesome. It was real good, I got to tell you. Put a little thing out here on the uh, social media earlier, right? So the team... Put out, so uh, for you, SummerSlam, like what was it? Thumbs up, thumb, thumbs down, or Middle City? And right now, so this is a little bit shy of 1,400 votes. So it's just climbing because we just posted a little while ago. 57% of you people uh, said thumbs up. 11% say thumbs down. And Middle City got 31%. So, you know, it's interesting. I mean, look, it's like that's that's wrestling, right? That's how wrestling is. I mean, to each his own. Beauty's in the eye of beholder. It's the same thing I say a lot about wrestling commentary. You know, you might like a certain play-by-play person. I might dislike it. You might love a certain color commentator. I might. It's, I don't care if it's mainstream sports or pro wrestling. Commentary to me is big time. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder and an acquired taste, as I like to say. Um, so, and by the way, I thought I, I got to tell you, I thought for the most part, the commentary teams on SummerSlam as a whole, just a stereotype. I thought it was all, all pretty good, in my opinion. I thought they all did a pretty good job. Uh, let's go out to the phone lines here again because it's very busy. Let's go out up to Connecticut talk to Anthony. Uh, and you're on with Taz, special edition of the Taz Show. What's going on? Taz, number one fan since the K-Rock days. How you doing, buddy? Hey, man, what's going on? I remember those days a long time ago. What's going on, buddy? <laughs> Dude, I want to sh- shoot with you real quick. Let's yeah. do three things real quick, okay? Right. Yeah, sure. Gargan- Gargano and Cole, they stole the weekend, okay? You can talk about SummerSlam all you want. Right. Cole and Gargano. That match stole the weekend. That was an ECW-style match. The chant, the whole thing, that was amazing, okay? Number two, Toronto. The great city. It's not the Garden. It's not New York right, City. It's right. not Boston. It's not Philly. But crowd tonight, quiet, boring. Sorry, I hate to kill people that are listening to the show up <laughs> But in hold Canada. on, Ann. Hold on. Let me just tell you yep. one thing about that. Before you say that, it's tough. It's tough to, <laughs> to say something like that. And I'll tell you why. I've, okay. Just from experience, I promise you this. When... Okay, sometimes the audio of the live house can bleed through your TV or computer speakers different than the way it feels in the building. I promise you that. Same thing if you go to a baseball game or a football game. It's the way they mix the audio sometimes. Not making excuses for them because I felt at times it was a little lull uh, to your point. But then sometimes I felt like they were super hot and high uh, in Toronto. 
Okay, well, I'm just saying, in Ricochet and AJ Styles and Charlotte, the Charlotte match, just very, very quiet. That's just my opinion. I was watching right, okay. on my TV downstairs, smoking yeah. my cigar, drinking my beer. Oh, nice. Fine. Very proud okay. of you. Yeah. Of course. Now, let me go to this other point, okay? Dolph Ziggler, okay? I love the guy. Look, he's making a lot of money. I don't think he cares if he wins or he loses. But as far as his character goes, I mean, can the guy start winning some matches? I mean, I, I look at him as like a, a Shawn Michaels type of guy that has a lot of potential to go out there, job out to Goldberg. I, I was really, really annoyed. And uh, I just thought that the way that they booked him was, was terrible. And right. I, I was just looking at your opinion on, on that whole well, thing. Okay, I love I, your show. I, I, I love your show, brother. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I, I don't disagree about and, and appreciate the call, dude. I, I do not disagree that, that the way he's booked has been a little funky. As far as Dolph Ziggler, I will tell you, I just want to correct you on one thing, Ant, and anybody else who thinks, because I think a lot of people might think what Anthony thinks when he says the sentence, and I'm paraphrasing the sentence, I didn't write it down what he said, but when someone feels like, well, these men or women that are in the WWE, uh, they're making a lot of money, which, yes, that part's true. They are making a lot of money. But this is the part of what Ant said that I disagree with heavily, um, that they don't care they get to a point, almost like they're callous, that they don't care if they win or lose because you got a you got a contract, you got a guaranteed deal, and you know you're making money, so it don't matter. Whatever, I'm doing this a long time. I'm getting paid. You know the old expression, "pin me, pay me." I'm here to tell you that's a load of hogwash. Um, I know for me, years ago when I wasn't getting booked right in WWE as a wrestler, I, I was making. I'm not bragging, but I was making really good money. I had a guaranteed deal. I was getting paid no matter what. If I won the match, lost the match, it didn't matter. If I was on TV or not TV, it didn't matter. And it irked me and bothered me a lot anytime, not just losing the match, being booked wrong. Losing the match is not the end or be all. It's the way you're booked. And the first thing you think about is when you're told, you're, you're, you're listen, you're, okay, you're going to lose this match, you're saying, okay, where are we going? Like, you're cool with losing, but most wrestlers say, okay, what's the arc? Like, where are we going? What's the end of the rainbow here? What's the goal? Fine, I'll lose the match. Okay, no, I got it. That's my job. I'm not going to be disgruntled. But where are we going? You don't say, well, why am I losing? You do that. That's a good way to be gone. That's a good way for the locker room to think you're a joke. So you don't say stuff like that. You you know, you could politic, but you don't say, why am I losing? You don't question, you know, that that's not smart. So I don't I don't I don't agree with that where you say, um, you know what? Um, people are getting paid, they make a lot of money, so they get to the point they don't care. They do care. And most of, and not just me, most of the, the guys I was around back in the day uh, cared. And no matter if it was in when I was an announcer in TNA, announcer in WWE, wrestling in WWE, wrestler in ECW, uh, wrestling on small independent shows back in the day before they were called independents, people didn't like to lose matches, especially if there was no arc of the story uh, where we were going. Now, back, back to the thing with Ziggler here. Yeah, it, it was, uh, listen. He's been. I feel like they've been they've been booking him the same way for a long time. Like it's he's mad, he's disgruntled, you know, he's angry at the office, he's against the machine, they're not booking him right. He's more or less saying these things on the air, right? I, I, that's part of his shtick. I get it. Um, you know, you, then you have him, George Ackman, Shawn Michaels, and Shawn Michaels. I, I, he called him something like he's a he's a, a second hand second end version of Shawn Michaels and. That doesn't help him either. I know he dropped Shawn Michaels, but still, like, I just don't think that's good. To put all that heat on him is good, but then to take it all off him by a guy who's past his prime and retired in Goldberg, you know? And, and, and yeah, people in Toronto loved it, and they were chanting Goldberg, but 
it was basically a couple of moves and the match was over. Let's be frank. I mean, it was, you know, it was two super kicks by Ziggler. Place popped like crazy on the first one. Place thought it was, oh, my God, false finish. Here we go. Cover. And Goldberg kicked out. Okay, he kicked out on one. Okay, see, now that that's the stuff that sticks with me. See, Goldberg kicked out on one, and he kicked out strong as hell. That, to me, is bad. I know you're going to think, well, wait a minute. You're going to get stuck on a kick out? Yeah, damn right I'm going to get stuck on a kick out. Because it's the first move of the match. It was They were doing like some kind of a shock and awe type thing where Ziggler out of nowhere hits this big super kick, drops Goldberg. The place like, oh, my God, look at this. There's the false finish. There's the cover. You should give me a one, two, two and a half. Oh, Goldberg kicked out. No. You got a one kick out. Then there was another super kick, and you got a one kick out. Yeah, why? You know Goldberg's winning. You know not only is he winning after he wins, he's going to eat him up after the guy cuts a promo. He's coming back to the ring to whoop him again. Give the guy at least a kick out to two. Twice. They kicked out at one. Those little things like that, like that's the stuff that bothers me. Like that kind of stuff. Like that, there's, Goldberg's not deciding on his own to kick out on one. They're giving him an overview. Listen, you want to kick out strong on one. I'm telling you the way he kicked out, that's why he did what he did. Okay, now maybe Goldberg politic to do that. Maybe the office told him to do that. I'm not blaming Goldberg. I'm not blaming the office. Someone made the decision that he was kicking out on one twice. So I don't think that was smart. I, I don't. I, I just, I don't, I don't think the little things like that and then having him come back to the ring again, I, I just, that, that was a little much. Uh, that was a little much. Um, I didn't think they needed to do that. It was strange because Ziggler's cutting a promo on the mat while he's selling, which I got to say, he did a real good job of that. He looked like he was in pain. He was on his back, and he got a pretty damn good promo. That's not easy to do, and, and they did it twice. You know, I mean, I, 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 it, it, but the, the logic of the promo, it, there was no logic. Like he's saying, you know, you didn't beat me man-to-man or something like that, and, but he did. And then he came back and did it again and again. It was just, they almost made Ziggler look kind of like foolish. You know what I mean? They, that, that's what it seemed, you know? Huh? All right, we're going to get to the busy phones in a second here. Uh, we got to get to that. I, I want to talk about Trish Stratus a little bit. There's a lot to cover. Mike Johnson coming up later on. Uh, right now, though, great moment in the Taz show, the special right here. We have our latest sports update with our man Peter Schwartz. Pete, what's up, guy? Not too much. How are you? I'm shit on me. I'm I'm outstanding. Yeah. I mean, just like you are. I you mean, look svelte. Thank you. Trying. You know, <laughs> it's hard. I just got back from vacation. Vacation. Yeah, so you yeah. need a vacation from the vacation. I do well because I ate like a like a like a gavon. A gavon yeah. <laughs> so you know, you go on vacation, you gotta come home and go to diet. That's what happens. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> anyway, no, I'm good. You know what I mean. All right. Uh, I mean, what are you going to say? You know what I mean? Did you watch SummerSlam or were you busy working? I'm busy working. I got to watch the baseball and the other things going on. I know. You're a busy man. Was it a good show in your mind? I thought it was good. I gave it a thumbs up. I thought it was a lot of people calling. So far, people seem to dig it. And then we had a guy call from Toronto who was actually at the show, a fan. He Mm -hmm. he seemed like he loved it. Are you into the AEW? Uh, there's nothing to get into yet. I mean, yeah. because it's not. I know all those guys that are running it. You know, they're, yeah. they're all 25 EVPs they have. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, no, they're all good guys. They're all pros. Yeah. But you know, we'll see what happens. You know, it's 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 the few big shows they've done have gotten great attention. They mm-hmm. sell out quick. I got it. Once you're doing weekly TV and you're in that grind, you know, 
it, it's the honeymoon ends quick. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, it becomes real. So let's see if they can handle that. I hope they can. I hope they do great. Yeah. So I hope it would so. be interesting to see what happens with the competition now. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And a lot of people think that, and you're right, but I don't really – I don't look at them as competition as WWE. It's just tough to, in my opinion, to compete with something that's an entity for an, an amazing, ultra-successful, publicly-traded company – that's been around for how many decades? Yeah. I mean, sure. five, six decades. What are we looking at here? I don't know. Vince's father, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? Like, they go, and now you're going against, I mean, I understand how much money Tony Khan has, who owns the Jaguars. I know. And the guys that are behind them are motivated. I understand that. And I hope they do well. I just don't, everybody wants, everybody, fans want that competition, which is cool. And hopefully they get it. Are we getting the Monday Night Wars again? No, because they're not going to be on Mondays. But um, <laughs> but uh, could it happen? Yeah, it could happen. But they've it's got money up. behind them, they do. and they've got TV. They and and you and they have talent. You need you yeah. need those three things. You need money. You need TV. You need talent. Especially you need talent and TV. That's the key. Now you got to get the booking right. You got to get the the right guys getting pushed the right way. It's a lot involved. We got it's, it's maybe they need a good analyst on TV. Uh, well, you know I, one? I, I I think I think they think they got the the analyst. I don't know if they they got a great play by play man in Jim Ross. Obviously, uh, he's, 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 he's a Hall of Famer and he's the best. But I um, think somebody should send their demo reel over there and maybe you know the prior experience on television, uh, brother. I don't think I, my days of sending demo reels are over. I think my body of work speaks for itself. I think so, too, <laughs> but yeah, I appreciate so. that. Yeah. If they want me, they know what to call. I got you. <laughs> so, sorry, no big deal. Their people can call your people. Yeah, that's it. That's that's a, I mean, I had Cody Rhodes on especially here a couple, like two years ago. Uh-huh. He was on. You know, I'm sorry. You know, look, whatever. It's the wrestling business. Everybody, you mm-hmm. know. He, you know, they all know how to reach each other. It's I no, so. yeah, I don't. Yeah. I get your point with the demo reel. It was funny. Though. So I want to talk about OpenFit. You guys know you've heard me talk about OpenFit before. It takes out all the complexity of losing weight and getting fit. It's a brand new, super simple streaming service that allows you to work out from the comfort of your own living room in as little as ten minutes a day. And I'm telling you right now, everyone's body. You know, we all have different bodies, and OpenFit gets that. It understands that, which is why it is uh, personalized to your needs with custom tailored content. Amazing trainers and classes. Uh, OpenFit classes are led by some of the most effective and engaging trainers in the world. Scope your body. Andrea Rogers, founder of the Worldwide Sensation uh, Extend Bar and and, and her, the newest workout regime, Rough Around the Edges with six of the most badass stunt women in the business. You'll get a workout, I promise you on that. Access anywhere, anytime. View on your computer, web-enabled TV, tablet, smartphone. Uh, you lose up to 15 pounds in, in the first 30 days. Flatten your abs, shape your body, feel great, look great. I'm telling you, I've used it. It works for me. I love it. I've trained my whole life, as you guys know. So here's the OpenFit's Change the Way I Work Out. Use my code, T-A-Z. Uh, you can join me on the fitness journey personalized just for you. Again, my code is TAZ, T-A-Z. Start using OpenFit for your journey to get a healthier life right now during OpenFit 30-Day Challenge. My listeners get a special extended 30-day free trial membership to OpenFit where you can lose up to 15 pounds in 30 days when you text TAZ to 30-30-30. You'll get full access to OpenFit, all the workouts and nutrition information totally free. Again, just text TAZ to 30-30-30. Yeah, what's up? I'm TAZ. This is a special edition of the TAZ Show. And we are talking SummerSlam. A lot of you people are calling the show 855-212-4227. Want to talk about the big event that just went down 
with a new Universal Champion in Seth Rollins up there in Toronto. So uh, let's uh, talk to, oh, my man out in Germany. Ah, yeah, Wolfgang. Wolfgang in Germany. You're on the Taz Show. What's up, Wolfgang? Hello, Taz. Long time no talk. Yes, sir. Amigo, how you been, man? Thank you. I'm fine. See, I did my Englishman. I did my Englishman accent for you, even though you're German. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I see on hey, I see on EIG now. You're a big Instagram star. I see you all the time over there. Yes, you're the reason I'm there. Well, aren't I the reason for everything, Wolfgang? Really, Wolfgang? Yes. <laughs> what do you think of SummerSlam, man? What's up? Uh, I started to watch at five o'clock. Um, okay. Because it's in the middle of the night in Germany. Okay. But I set my alarm clock for 5 o'clock, and so here I am. People think that when they hear you, Wolfgang, and they hear your name, that you're a complete gimmick, that this is a work. <laughs> but you're not. Everything's a, Everything's a work. That's right, sir. You are yes. correct. No, this guy is really from Germany. He used to call my show all the time, and I used to tell the producers, this guy's like some Italian guy from Parsippany doing a gimmick. And... Uh, <laughs> And we looked into it. He's not. He's a German guy from Germany talking like a guy named Wolfgang. So what about NXT? Did you get to see that even though it's a different time change, a time uh, deal there? Yes, I watched it. And uh, everybody talks about AEW. But if I have to choose between uh, NXT takeovers and uh, AEW shows, I would choose uh, NXT. Yeah. I uh, I, it'd be tough to argue that, Wolfgang. I, you know, that show... That NXT show last night was great. The first match started off the tag team match with the Street Profits uh, beating Undisputed Era. And I, I thought the Street Profits were going to lose. They didn't. They retained. That match was great. All the matches were great. Candice Theray, um, was that was a great match. Her, even though she lost, I mean, the other girls, the heels, tremendous. I liked the whole show, too. Yes, I think uh, they are better than AEW now, uh, but we will see. Right. You got to wait. Got to see what happens with AEW. Wolfgang, appreciate the call. Good hearing from you, my man. Let's go out to California, talk to Freddie. Uh, Freddie, you're on a special edition of the Taz Show. What's up, Fred? Good moment, Taz. Good moment. How are you, sir? Good moment, my man. What's going on? That's good to talk to you again, brother. Um, do you mind if I ask you a takeover question? Sure, go for it. It's more of an opinion. I just want to know what you think. Um, yeah. It seems like every single takeover with Gargano, and the dude is excellent, like, Premier like, outstanding matches every single takeover. No doubt. Why does Candice LeRae always have to run down every the end of every match? I feel like she kind of takes away from his momentum. But mm. I was just wondering what you think about that. You know, I, I, I noticed that. I mean, I I think because they've kind of set a, the table of their relationship, you know, everything about them and all that. I, I I don't have a major problem with it because it's it's different than you normally see. So uh, to right. me, it's like I, I did notice it to your point, but it's like it's not like it doesn't bother me. You, you know what I mean, Freddie? Because right. he, he is such a tremendous worker, and his oh, matches. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like it's tough. I mean, and the chemistry him. You know, Adam Cole that that two out of three falls deal they did last night was unbelievable. So you oh, could have had Santa Claus ran out in a bikini. I would have been fine with it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, right. Right. <laughs> um, but I get your drift, though. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, Taz. I, I just want to say, man. Uh, so I have a my first son is going to be born supposed to be born this week, and I was just scanning through your uh, wrestling your pro wrestling tea store and I didn't see a single uh, you know baby singlet or something. Okay, well we'll, have... we'll see that one day. Oh, so you want to get a singlet for the little young man? Okay, first off, congratulations <laughs> on, on thank you, sir. Thank yeah, you. that's that's awesome. Uh, being a dad is an amazing thing. It, 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 you know, it's definitely 
enjoy them while they're little. When they get a little bit older, they get a little <laughs> annoying, but you got time. Um, yeah, no, at, at prowrestlingtees.com slash T-A-Z, where you can get all your Taz merch. Yeah, no, there's no baby singlets, no baby T-shirts. I should get a bib. Maybe an orange and black bib with a big 13 on it. What do you think, Freddie? Something like that? That's money. That's all I have. All right, Fred, appreciate the call, and congratulations again. Ah, speaking of guys in California, my old friend, the chair man out in Los Angeles. Chan man, what's going on, dude? Hey, Taz. Love you, Taz. Just wanted to say. <laughs> what's up, Hoss? What are you doing, buddy? <laughs> Sorry. Summertime was pretty solid, I thought. I thought so too, right? I mean, I I liked I liked I mean, except for that, like I was saying, except for the finish in the uh, Randy Orton Kofi deal. I mean, I thought everything else was pretty good. Yeah, I didn't I didn't like that DQ in that match, but I mean, yeah, it was solid, but it was I think maybe a little forgettable. Except, you know, the highlight uh, for me was the Bray Wyatt's awesome entrance and music, and then also I love the Trish versus uh, Charlotte uh, yeah. match. Me, that was the match of the night. Oh, I, yeah. I, you know, I'm with you. I was trying to figure out, to, for me, in my opinion, Shane, what would be the best match. And You know, if you, if you asked me before the show, would it have been Tris versus Charlotte? I probably would have said, nah, I don't think that's going to be my favorite match before the show happened. And then after watching the show and after watching Trish's performance and the shape that she's in for a mom and a, a woman her age who hasn't been in the ring in a long time, her cardio shape. I'm telling you right now, uh, that's not easy to do. And, Chan, I appreciate the call, man. It was great hearing from you. Uh, it's very hard to do what Trish Stratus did, to not be in the ring for a lot of years and then get in the ring, have a match as long as that match was with Charlotte, and on a massive stage, on a massive WWE pay-per-view event, in a sold-out big house. <laughs> I know it's a hometown. I get it. She's from Toronto, but it doesn't matter. It, it, the, the, your adrenaline flows and your heart rate, and and then as you're in the ring and getting physical and moving around, lactic acid builds up in your calves, your quads, sometimes because of your nerves, and it helps build that lactic acid up. And then what happens is you can tighten up your quads, your calves can tighten up. You do what we call blow up where you can't breathe as good. She had done of that. I mean, watching her, like, I understand. She, I know she's not a heavy person, She and she's in great shape. She keeps herself in great shape. But I'm telling you, there is such thing as ring shape, and she hasn't lost it. Her intensity, everything about her, Trish Stratus's work, I was, and I, I know her. I was, you know, we spent a lot of time together in WWE. When I was there, she was there, and, and I got to know her in a lot of you know, trips to, um, you know, all over the world. We'd be on the bus together. We'd, we'd shoot the bowl and talk, or we'd, you know, be on a flight, you know, wherever, be, be, you know, talk in a hotel lobby or talk wherever, just backstage. Oh, just a great person, really, really, always a great girl, always great to talk to, a very intelligent person, um, understood the industry, uh, but yet handled it like a pro, and she carried herself with class always. You're gonna, it's going to be really hard for you, anybody that worked with Trish or knows Trish that could say anything bad about her, to be honest. She's just really just... Really, really awesome girl. Really nice person. I haven't talked to her in quite some time, but I'm telling you, I was so happy for her and watching her work and watching her conditioning and her intensity. And and they put her in the match with the right person, guys. Charlotte Flair is the person you want to put her in the ring with because you want her in the ring with someone who's literally a ring, well, I would say general, but it's a female, 
a ring. Well, wait, our generals, they have in the military, the generals are females, right? Is this true, Ryan? Please, somebody chime in. I'm begging you. We're checking. I think so. That sounds about right. We're checking right so now. Our social media team is checking on this. Our, actually, our military re, our research team. Is that what it is, Brian? Our military research team. Yes, our specific media research team here at CBS Sports Radio is on. It's checking right now. So yeah, I think I think I think maybe I think you guys are. I think it is a, a general. I pardon me. I don't want to sound like it's 1950 in my brain. Yes, a general can be a female. So I didn't know that. I, I sound like a like you know if my wife hears it, she's like, "What are you a knucklehead?" Yes, she knows I'm a knucklehead. But anyway, um, a ring general. That's Charlotte Flair. I mean, and she's in her prime. She's in great shape. She's a heel. And for anybody that understands the, the industry of pro wrestling and the sport of pro wrestling, <clears throat> heels run the match. Heels, you know, lead. So a wrestling match is like dancing, okay? It's a dance partner. You always got to have a, one, one person in, that you're dancing. Whoever's two people are dancing, someone needs to be the lead. And in our industry, in the wrestling industry, usually the heel is the lead. I'm pulling back the curtain off here. So that's why when Vince McMahon talks to Trish Stratus about coming back, having one big last match, he thinks about Charlotte Flair because he knows he's got himself a tremendous ring general, a heel who's a great worker, who's in a prime and is going to respect Trish and can lead the match, even though Trish is the veteran. Trust me, what I just said, a shoot, as we say, and it's a fact. Let's go out to Chicago. Yep, Tom. Where, where is he? Tom in Chicago. You're on a special edition of Taz Show. What do you say, Haas? What's up? Hey, what's going on, Taz? How are you doing? Eh, you know, fair to Midland. I'm good. What's going on, buddy? Hey, I was just thinking this year's this year's SummerSlam seemed to end out of nowhere, in my opinion. I, I just feel like it, it could have gone on a little bit longer, you know? You know, Liz, man, I got to tell you, Tom, you're not wrong, okay, because we've been trained, right, as the audience, Tom. We've been trained that these events, these bigger pay-per-views, Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, whatever, uh, WrestleMania, they all and they go past 11 p.m. So we're kind of trained and spoiled at the same time. They didn't do this. I, 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 now me, I'm going on the, I come on the air live 11 p.m. Eastern, so I'm happy when they end on time. You know what I mean? But, no, I get it. Yeah. But I, but I get what you're saying too. It kind of seemed like it was out of nowhere. When I saw it was, I don't, I didn't look. I, I looked at the clock briefly. I think it was Tom. I think it was like 10 p.m. Eastern. When yeah. they got in the ring, when they were fixing to get ready to wrestle, meaning Lesnar and Seth, I'm like, wow. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, uh, I appreciate the call, Tom. I'm like, wow, it's it's not even, usually they would get in the ring. We've seen at WrestleMania, you know, 10 to 11, you know, uh, something like that. And, and the match is just getting ready to start, and the entrance didn't even happen. I mean, the WrestleMania's definitely run later. I do think you, you, you got to look at the bang for the buck that you get with the WWE Network, and I look—I get no vig from them. I don't work for them. I don't. So I, but I got to tell you, I always say they—it's a great bargain what they what they have there with that network and what you get for it. And now whenever they do their tier system and stuff, so they did do a good job at that. Let's go out to Texas, talk to Christian. Christian, you're on a special edition of the Taz Show. I'm Taz. What's up? Hey, Taz. Long time no talk. How you doing? What's going on, bro? How are you? I'm pretty good. Nice to talk to you again. Yeah, man. I remember you. What's going on, dude? <laughs> hey, I want to talk about SummerSlam, if you don't mind. Yeah, go for it. Um, I thought Bray Wyatt's being character was pretty good. I wonder if you think they're going to treat it like the demon. If if there's any... Say that again about the demon. I didn't catch you. Say it again. I, I said... Okay, sorry. <laughs> I said, um, I wonder if we're going to treat Bray Wyatt's um, being character like the demon. I don't think so. $10. I, yeah, I think that like you mean like do it, don't do it a lot. You're saying right? 
Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, I, I, Christian, appreciate the call, dude. I don't, I don't think they're going to do that. I, I think that this thing works, and I think this is one of the bright, big bright spots of SummerSlam. I think Bray Wyatt, the Fiend character, I think you'll, you'll, you're going to see, you're going to get a steady diet of it. I don't think they'll do it like they do with the Demon. I'd like to see the Demon versus the Fiend that I told you. I think that'd be a great entrance. All right, anyway, uh, Tasho coming right back here. Uh, we got more phone calls. Going to talk more. We got Mike Johnson coming up a little bit. Very busy. Be right back. I want the world. Yeah, I want the world. Yeah, I want it all. Said I want the world. Yeah, I want the world. I'm coming to get it. Don't care what you heard. Don't care what you heard. I'm taking it all because I want the world. Yeah, I want the world. Yeah, I want the world. It's the best in the game. Best in the biz. About that time and you know what it is. Coming from Brooklyn, bringing that truth. Never gonna lie. Never gonna lose. Always on top. Keeping it steady. He'll make you tap out and you won't be ready. He got the suplex breaking your back. Now everyone in the world gonna listen to Taz. Ah, right, here we go. Uh, yeah, we're here till 2 a.m. Eastern. I am Taz. A special edition of the Taz Show talking about SummerSlam. A lot of people have been calling the show. Keep on calling. We're going to get to the rest of you guys. A lot of people on hold. We'll get to you all in a second. 855-212-4227. We're coming to you live right now from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way. Provide a seamless mortgage experience. We got Ryan and Dave uh, behind the glass right there. Ryan is producing the show. Dave is running the board, doing a spectacular job. Brian was here, and he left. So I don't know if I said something. Something I said, and he just bailed? Like, what happened? Just left. No? Guess you can talk. Say something. Like, grab a mic. Hit the button. Yeah, I guess he had enough. That's it. One hour he was. All right. What are you gonna do? I like Brian, but I thought I thought he liked me. I guess not. Then Dave said, nah, "Taz, I'm here." I, apparently, he left. No, this is your shift. Obviously, I'm just being a smart Alec. Mike Johnson from PW uh, Insider will be a guest coming up a little later on here on the Taz Show, and uh, we've been talking a lot <clears throat> about uh, some of the, a lot of the matches. That, some, one match I didn't get into, and that's uh, Becky versus Natalia. I want to get into that a little bit here. And talk about that um, uh, before I get to the phone calls. You just bear with me, guys. So, you know, they did a submission match here, you know, and obviously going for the hometown feel with with Natalia, and they they called it a submission match. With when I think of Natalia, I don't think of her as a submission specialist. You know, she has the sharpshooter, you know, from Bret Hart and stuff like that. I get it. Okay, cool. Um, obviously, Natalia. I'm sorry, Becky with the disarmor, and and I, you know, I think Becky's a little bit more well versed just from watching them work. Over the years, Becky seems a little more well-versed in submission. But, hey, who the hell am I to think that a submission match should be chock full of different type of submissions? That's not what happened. It was basically you just saw both of these ladies going for their holds and then both switching holds where Becky, uh, I'm sorry, Natalia got the disarmor after Becky tried to utilize a sharpshooter and stuff like that. They showed some innovative, they put out some innovative ways to try for Natalia to, to apply the sharpshooter to get, you know, Becky to tap out. <clears throat> I thought Michael Cole did a great job, set up the rules where there's no pinfalls and ropes don't matter. It sounds easy to do, but I could tell you, uh, being a former you know commentator in WWE, there's a, a litany of things you have to get to. And sometimes the little things, like the rules of certain matches when they change, you forget them sometimes. Sometimes it don't happen, and you don't lay it out succinctly and simply. Cole did that, and and he it was important he did that because these two ladies, a lot of the match, they used the ropes. They held the ropes while they were putting holds on, which is not normal. That's not in the rules. That doesn't work. I know it's entertainment. It's a show, but there there is still rules that you got to work by. <clears throat> but um, it was just weird to me. I guess I'm a traditionalist. 
I, I want to see, if, if you're calling a submission match, I want to see more submissions. That's just me. Becky Lynch won the match via tap out with her disarmor. Um, uh, the thing is, I kind of felt bad for Natalia because, okay, you're in a submission match. Your deal is the sharpshooter, which, you know, it's a, le- it's a leg hold. It's, you're, you're locking up the, the person's two legs. You're turning them over to their stomach. I've been in it. I've been in Boston Crabs. I've been in sharpshooters uh, or scorpion death locks. That's what Sting was using. It's the same hold. Um, it clunky. It clunky, clunky to work with as a, as a as a pro wrestler to escape out of or to work holds off of it. It's clunky. Any kind of a leg hold, especially when you're locking up two legs on your opponent, it's tough to work with that hold. You know. So I felt for Natalia with that. That it, it is. It's hard. It's hard. You know, if you're working like Becky with an armbar at the summer, there's a lot more to work with. You could do different transitions out of it. Look, uh, you know, it's a moot point because they didn't do that. They didn't do any of that. They, they, like I said at the top of my commentary about this, they worked. Becky and Natalia worked two holds, like for the most of the match. Um, I, I, I would have liked to seen more, more holds done, but that's not the story the office wanted to tell. And I, I, not that I disliked the match. I, I, I did like it. I mean, I, I wasn't like I hated. It. I just thought it was going to be a little bit different. So, uh, and it's just, just one guy's take. Let's go out to Buffalo, talk to David. David, you're on a special edition of the Taz Show. I am Taz. What's up, Dave? Hey, Taz. How you doing tonight? What's going on, brother? How are you? Good, man. I want to jump in and talk about the main event with Lesnar and uh, Rollins. And uh, I think Rollins had to have that uh, type match to get the respect back from the real hardcore fans because I felt like the last few months, uh, you know, the, the way he was booked and everything, Besides that match with AJ Styles, nobody remembered any of the title matches he was involved in. That weird angle with him and Becky Lynch. Um, I, I think to beat Lesnar, I mean, Lesnar's the one athlete in that company you look at as he, he was in UFC. He had a little stint in the NFL. He's the box office, whether he's a champ or not. You beat him. That gives legitimacy to a guy like that. That was huge for him. Uh, listen, I don't disagree. I, I I will say, Dave, that I know you're not saying this. I, I don't even. I, I don't want people to think you're implying because I don't think you are. I just want to. I want to cover this though right now, Dave. I will tell you, the locker room respects Seth Rollins, no matter if he beat Lesnar or not. Just so you understand that, right? Yeah. No, I I, I totally get that. Yeah. What I'm saying is I'm looking at it more from a fan's perspective because. Right. I felt like the fans the last few weeks are kind of turning on him a little bit. You're right. Especially in Pittsburgh. You're right. And, uh, You're, right. You know, You're right. You're right. You're right. I think it's definitely a big thing, you know, for him, you know, the fans, because the fans are what drives you the business. Of course. Know? Absolutely. Uh, no yeah, no doubt. And, yeah. And the, and there's no doubt. I mean, I agree with you about the, uh, the locker room and everything. Because Seth is a workhorse. But I think in the fans' eyes, you know, they want a guy who can really draw and be that number one no guy. Doubt. And, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. So, Dave, I, I, I agree with you. And – and I, it's not a, not a, de- a debate at all. I, I agree. I'm on the same page as you. I just want you to understand. Other people understand. Yeah, you're right. You said the fans do drive the business. Without the fans, there is no business. But I will tell you this, which most fans don't know: when you have the locker room, and I know that's not the case with Seth. I know you're not saying that either. But just to say hypothetics, Dave, if you have the locker room doesn't want to work with you, and they're kind of against you or don't respect you. It's tough to make money in the business. It's tough to draw money for the company because you're not going to have a dance partner. He has, you know what I mean? He has that respect. But I, that's not what you're saying. You're saying 
the hardcore fans were, were, were just about getting ready to be done with him because of you know, the stuff he was doing with his girlfriend, that they were they were booking him together in the mixed tag match. I know what you're talking about with, with Becky. And it was like he was getting soft or whatever, and it's just he wasn't, you know, they, it wasn't, he wasn't, do you, do you remember him when he was wrestling as Tyler Black? Do you remember him back then? Yeah, yeah, in, in the independent. That's yeah, right, that Ring of Honor and stuff. Yeah. Tremendous. Yeah. Trem- and he's still tremendous. And this guy can go when he wants to turn it up. And Brock... And he have great chemistry together, and and uh, but at the end of the day, I do agree with you, Dave. I'm not disagreeing with you. I just want to make sure, I just want to make sure people don't understand and don't take it the wrong way. What you're saying, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I totally get you there, man. And uh, you know, I, I one other thing I want to make a comment about. I thought the Goldberg moment at this point in Goldberg's career, it's nostalgia, man. That's all this is. It's uh, you know, it's it's like a guy signing a one day contract with a pro sports team, and he's going to retire as a you know, long-time Yankee or right, right. Dallas Cowboy. Sure. Look, that's what it is. It's a nostalgia moment. Right. And there's, I mean, that's what he's out there for. The problem is, you know, if you're Dolph Ziggler, you're a sacrificial lamb. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the tough thing. Yeah, you're being booked. You're, that's you're right. booking yourself into a corner. And there was a good article. I don't know if you read it on uh, Deadspin the other day, but the about the part-timers, and it used to be just a WrestleMania thing. Now it's a year-round thing with this, you know, with the with the ratings and right. Fox coming in. Right, right. It's, it's gonna be interesting how WWE handles that it going will. over to Fox now. Oh yeah, I, I definitely think, Dave. Appreciate the call. Yeah, no, the Fox move. Everyone is gushing about it, and they should. It's gonna be a great move. And the Fox people are smart people, very smart people, and they're passionate wrestling people. They're not just smart people. And they're not just successful in the sports medium, covering sport and and doing an amazing job, Fox Sports. But they're they're passionate wrestling people. I know people who know these people. That's how I know this. I know people. You know what I'm saying? Let's go. Uh, let's go out to Michigan. Talk to CJ. CJ, you're on a special edition of the Taz Show with me, Taz. What's up? CJ right here, man. Taz, such an honor to be able to talk to you one-on-one. I appreciate it, man. Thank you, bro. What's going on, dude? Yes, sir, and I appreciate everything you've done in the business. Thank you, buddy. So the theme, hands down, across the board, in the industry, best character, best gimmick, best build-up, best (laughs) execution, across the board. Well, you're going, you're saying, you're saying best in the industry. All right. I, I, I'd have to, now, for me to dispute, I'd, I'd have to think. I, I I didn't expect you to say that. I think it's awesome. I'm with you. I love it. I love I love the music. I talked about in the first segment of my show here. Uh, do we have that music? Do, do, can, any update on that? Uh, hang on then, CJ. Do we, have, uh, have, we have our music team looking into this. The music um, is legit. CJ, The Fiend, the character, working with the mask, coming out there, you know, with the Marilyn Manson type of remix of his song and all that stuff. I'm with you, dude. Uh, it's it's I, legit. It is legit. I want to <laughs> – and you know what? We've had a lot of calls already about it. We have people on hold that want to talk about Wyatt, you know, so – Right, I, so so the other thing was Lesnar, Taz. Yeah. The guy, hands down, top 1%, again, in the industry to me, the guy knows how to build everything. Seth does not go over tonight without Lesnar being the guy to do it. Oh, there's no argument, dude. Absolutely. He, I mean, that's... that's absolutely a, killer. You, no, it you're not... Your time, you, you got it, CJ. Appreciate it. No, you're not wrong. I mean, I, I've i said it in this show here. I've said it in a bunch of my podcasts in the past. It's about the dance partner. I don't want to be redundant, but it is. You know, you got to have a good... And, and when Brock Lesnar's in the mood, okay, he knows how to dance, and he knows how to get people over. People don't look at him like that. You know what I mean? Um, so a lot of people talk about the Bray Wyatt deal. So for those that didn't hear his music, is we, we have a let's take a listen to this. We have right here.
this is legit. I mean, this is so cool. I mean, playing on the radio, I don't know if it does it justice when you watch it. When you watch him come out to it, and there's the part here, the original music mixed. It's sick. Yeah, and he comes walking out super slow, the mask gimmick on, scary face Jones, as I like to call him. Awesome. I mean, to get them to change his music, that's not an easy thing to do. I don't think people understand that. Yeah, that's just pretty cool, man. But he came out to it. I, 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 I'm telling you, they, they should build something with him and the demon, him and Finn Balor. I know he squashed Finn Balor tonight. But, but you know, man, I don't know. Uh, the music's legit. His work is there. He's in, got himself in great shape. His character's perfect for him. Unbelievable. All right, we're going to go to break here. Uh, a lot of people calling on hold. I'll get to you guys. Uh, special edition of the Taz Show Talk at SummerSlam. Be right back. Sports Radio toll-free line, 855-212-4227 is brought to you by GEICO. Great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. So we'll get to the phones here in a second, 855-212-4227. If you want to talk about SummerSlam, uh, give a call. Uh, I am Taz. This is the Taz Show Special Edition. And... Um, I was talking earlier about Becky and Natalia. You know, I didn't bring this up. I, I wanted to, and I just, I just want to, you know, in their submission match. I thought the only, thing, the only thing I want to just say about that too. I thought it was odd. Two things: uh, one, that their outfits—they they almost looked like a tag team. They were wearing, they're both wearing like um, looked like a latex. It was probably, it's probably a, it's like a shiny spandex though. Black. They're both wearing black with like silver stars or look like some some kind of a spike or whatever. And it was different versions of it, but it looked like maybe the same seamstress made their outfits. Not that that's a bad thing, but you're, they're opponents. And it's like they both were wearing almost like it looked like it was weird. It looked like they were like they'd be like in a faction together. It was kind of strange to me. And uh, I'm looking here on, on my Twitter. Mike Butts at M-A-B-U-T-Z said, were you surprised that Becky uh, and Natalia was the first match? And yeah, I actually was. I didn't expect that. But I'll tell you this. When you are on a big show, a wrestling show, there's two spots you want to be. You either want to be first or you want to be last. So <laughs> last usually means you're making more money than everybody else. So that's a good spot. First means you're doing good, but you're going to get the people when they're red hot. The audience is usually red hot when you're first. So no matter what you do, right or wrong, they're gonna pop. So, <laughs> so it's you always. I, whenever I had a chance on any, especially in ECW, where you know I would be world champion and be like Paul, like Heyman, be like, "Yeah, hey, you got to cut a promo tonight. Um, you want to cut it after the mission? You want to cut it like after this match or that match? You want to cut it right before the main event?" I'm like, "Well, how about I cut it first to start the show? Well, you're the world champ, yeah. So I want to start the show with it." He's like, he just laughed. He's like, all right. He knew why. 
<laughs> you know, because you get people, you know, people are in for it more. Uh, anyway, let's go out to Houston, talk to, oh, old friend of the Taz show and a friend of Taz and the Moose here on CBS Sports Radio. That's one speakerphone, Jones. Uh, what do you say to us? Good moment, RTG. Oh, yes, I am running the game. Yes, uh, that's what RTG is. What's going on, man? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I think I have an idea for Balor that will, as you said, create a story arc that will tie up a lot of the concerns that you were speaking about earlier. So visually, he came out all in white this time. So he had the white hat. So then obviously the rematch, he would come out as the demon wearing the black hat Mm. the whole time. There's a thread going on where the club is still going after him. Hey, yeah, you know. I, I saw that on the uh, speakerphone, Jones. I saw that on the pre-show. I saw the you know the OC going at him, going you know going up to Ballard, basically recruiting him, saying you know we're old friends or whatever, you know that kind of thing. Throw right, the, the too sweet gimmick. Throw the hands so, up, all that. Yeah. So you keep doing that. Right. Then the fiend beats the demon clean, shocks everybody. Right. Ballard's in the back. Sats, you know, Sad Sack Jones, Moby Jones, right, Moby OC approaches him again. Right. They all throw up the quiet fox. Right. Then you build back up his confidence, have some strong outings as a team, and then eventually Balor does much like The Rock did to Farouk back in the nation days, turns the whole club on AJ, and away you go. Balor is strong, the club is strong, and the scene is strong. You're done. You, could do, you could do that. I, I feel yeah, it's not a horrible thing, Speakerphone Jones. I, my thing is, though, I think right now you got to be careful because if you if you're gonna build the demon and or fin with the club, this is where I'm gonna educate you, homeboy. You don't want to build. This is my point. You don't want to build two acts that are separate acts at the same time because you can't. Someone has to be the sacrificial lamb. So you can't build the fiend when you're using the the Finn Balor. You know. Uh, um, uh, uh, what do you call it, gimmick, demon gimmick, when you're going to have him involved with the club, with the OC, where that's still on the build. Now you're building the demon. Now you're trying to build the the uh, you know the Bray Wyatt character, the Fiend. You get my drift? It's, it's tough. You need – I'm not saying they can't go to a, a rematch with the demon, to your point, and then have the Fiend win again. Then Finn Balor is sorry, Sap Jones – and he's got his hang on his head, and then the OC comes to him again, and now he joins the OC, and then, you know, in, in Finn Balor's mind, the, uh, the the fiend is in the rearview mirror, just like the Universal Championship shot he never got is in the rearview mirror. You know what I mean? Back at his title. You know what I'm talking about. That's better. That's better. Uh, that's a better way of expressing what I was trying to get across. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Well, no, 100%. I gave you a different idea than you, bro. You're trying to. Yeah. See, what do you, you mean? gave me a hundred different ideas. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, better than yours. 100%. That's what it was. It was better than yours. Better, much better. Let's be you, honest. You are over, sir. <laughs> I, uh, are you listening to Taz and the Moose this week? Of course, I always listen. All right. Well, you know, uh, I've never missed an episode, Taz. I don't plan on doing it. All right. Well, look, we appreciate that speakerphone, Jones. No doubt about it. Thank you, sir, for calling. Much love, as they say. Much love. Uh, let's go to Seattle. Let's talk to Nick. Nick, you're on uh, the Taz Show. What's going on, Nick? Hey, how's it going, Taz? Thanks for having me on, man. You got it, buddy. What's up? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say, uh, you know, I, I don't want uh, to try. I know everybody's been talking about The Fiend all night. Uh, I just want to say one thing is that, uh, you know, I've, I've always heard that, like, the whole idea of the wrestler is to, like, create a presentation from start to finish, and I just think that The Fiend really, like, accomplished that tonight. It was just a really – Great presentation. Hmm. This is very new. And very much, dude. And here's the thing. You know, you're right. You're saying that's what a wrestler should do. 
And the main thing, and I'm sure you know this, but the main thing is you have to have the support of the company. And he obviously, <clears throat> you know, Bray has the support of the company, Vince McMahon and company are allowing him to do this. They're also investing money in his entrance in those those funhouse gimmicks, which must cost a lot of money to do off-site. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, And they've been building this thing, the music. Everything takes money. It all costs money, Nick. And <clears throat> yeah, it's not just the money because Vince has a lot of money. We know that, and he's not afraid to spend it. And he doesn't get credit. He don't get credit for that. Vince will spend he's money. He's ROI, you know? Right, right. Well, yeah, he is. He's getting – yeah. But the thing is, you know, he's – He's already invested in Bray Wyatt the first go around, okay? Uh, you know, and now he's invested in him again, and he's given him a chance. And I think I think Bray's going to hit a home run. Don't get me wrong, but he's given him a chance again with it, which is cool because Bray can do everything he's doing because he has all the resources. They're helping him. They're letting him do it. They're giving him the green light. That's. It sounds so simplistic, Nick, but if you don't have that. If you're a wrestler, you could have yeah. all the great ideas, right? You could have all the writers there in yeah. your corner. Dude, I'm telling you, you could have all these concepts on music. And you're, if you don't have the company saying we're allowing it to happen, it don't matter. There's a bunch of yeah. guys that weren't on that card tonight. Bobby Roode, okay? Bobby Roode <sighs> is one of the more talented wrestlers in the world who was pushed to the moon oh. in NXT as a top guy. Yeah. And you see him on Twitter, dude. He's watering his grass towards SummerSlam. Oh. oh my God! No, I didn't. I didn't see that. Yeah, if you go to his Twitter, he's tweeting that he's he's barbecuing like like you know uh, hamburgers. Thank you for the call, dude. He's barbecuing something, and he put hashtag SummerSlam. Then he's like in front of his garden with, with a garden hose. Like you don't see him, you see the garden hose. SummerSlam. Guy lives in Toronto. Like he's born and raised in Toronto, and he's he's not on the card. He's one of the more talented guys. That glorious thing he does, everything like, I, it's just it's mind-boggling. So point is, look in NXT, you know Bobby Roode was, you know, the whole glorious thing. It all started there when he was in TNA. It, there was no glorious thing. You know, he was he was Bobby Roode, the it factor. I was there when I was the commentator. I don't know whose idea it was in NXT. If it was Triple H or his, but whoever it was, it was a great idea because that that glorious thing was amazing. But since he got to the main roster, he was in the tag team thing with Chad Gable, <clears throat> and he was doing the glory. That just didn't work. It's just you're in Toronto. This guy, he, I'm looking at his tweet, Twitter. I'm friends with Bobby. I love Bobby. I love him. He's a great guy. And uh, I'm like, I'm hoping that he's actually at the show and he's going to do a run-in, and he's not telling nobody, and he's putting stuff on Twitter where he's, like, watering his lawn. And meanwhile, he's going to run out like during a match and shock the world. That didn't happen. I didn't see him. Man. But anyway, I know I did see. It's our latest update guy here. Well, he's our regular update guy on this 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 time here, Peter Schwartz. We don't nearly work together enough. Yeah, we should somehow. I know, but I work normal hours. I know. You I don't. Would, I, I yeah. <laughs> We get worried. I know, but that's all right. But like we almost well, you're out of here by the time Moose and I come in. You're gone, ski, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Because then uh, Andrew Bogus is the update guy after. Yes. You? Right. Right. We get, yeah. We're stuck with Andrew. Well, one well one of these days, maybe he'll come down with some kind of like pneumonia or something like that. Maybe he'll sprain his ankle or something. Yeah. He can sprain his ankle. He's a big badminton guy. Maybe yeah. he was playing badminton. <laughs> badminton. <laughs> <laughs> I mess badminton. with Andrew all the time, but he's yeah, he's got a good sense of humor. 
Yeah, maybe I'll come down with something. Maybe I'll get like a flu. Yeah, you call yeah. me and you let me know yeah. and I'll come in. All right, well, I got a co-host too. I can't just do it on my own. Uh, and I know you and Moose have a past. So I don't want to, you know. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> you go, yeah. Yeah, but you and I are practically <laughs> neighbors in real life. I was life. joking like, though. I no, don't know okay. you and Moose have a past. Well, we work together down the hall. I know you work together. So you and Moose don't get along? No, I didn't say I didn't get along. You implied it. No, I, I, I implied at the beginning that you and him didn't get along. At, at the very beginning, before you guys well, became a, we're a show. A duo, we're, a show. we're not exactly buddies, though. Why do we have to be buddies to do a radio show together? Well, how many how many radio teams are buddies? Not many. There? You know There's that. Not you've, been a lot. A, you've been in business a long time. You know. With the, listen, you know, you have to go much further than around here, you know? I, I know. <laughs> there's several. Yeah, I know. Well, listen, it don't matter. It's what's on the air, as you know, that matters. That's you know? correct. Yeah. That's correct. Listen, not everybody that they work with, you know, you have to invite them to social life. Dude, I don't know if I said it the last time I was with you on the air here. It's with tag teams and wrestling, too. A lot of tag teams, the guys don't get along. Yeah, really? Even, really, really. It's the same as radio. Like, it's they just, not that they hate each other. They're yeah. just not, Dudley you know, boys? They got along. They, they got, got along. along. Okay. They got along. They were a team that actually did get along. Ones that did, I'm not going to say their name names. <laughs> but that you said others, I will say they did get along. Because I like them. They, I mean, they, they, they were they one did. of my favorites, yeah, right? But great. I used they to watch great. it very yeah. intently. They, they, they got along. They, they, I okay, think they good. still get along. So, yeah, yeah. So, anyway. But that's the deal. Uh, this is Tasha, by the way. I'm Taz. Uh, so if you're just joining in, talk at SummerSlam. I'll get to you guys that are on hold here in a second. 855-212-4227. Um, yeah, I was talking earlier about um, the Goldberg-Ziggler match. And I, I was a little, that was one of the things that I was a little upset about. I didn't like the fact that um, Goldberg had kicked out on one on the first spot of the match. A big false finish, big, you know. Thrust kick, crescent kick, super kick, whatever you want to call it, by Ziggler. Great spot. Good bump by Goldberg. And then there was a big cover, and, and it was a kick out on one. I was like, wow, man. And then there was another kick out on one right after another kick. I'm like, wow, like right away, back-to-back Jones. I'm like, what are we doing here? That's, you know, you know you're beating the guy, meaning Ziggler. And then you're going to eat him up again after you beat him. He's going to get on the mic. You're going to eat him up again. So the reason why I'm bringing this up again in this show is because I was looking on social media someone brought it to my attention. I don't want to get in the middle, middle of any internet fights, but Jack Swagger, you guys remember Jack Swagger, doing great in the MMA world right now, former WWE guy, champion and everything, a good dude. He got into a little little spat with uh, Goldberg, basically. He was ripping Goldberg and for the match or whatever, and then Goldberg, I'm not going to get into the whole thing. Goldberg said, easy kid. And then go and... Swagger replied and said, okay, but can you at least kick out on two? Uh, see, I'm, I'm just trying to say, I, I you know, unless Swagger's listened to this show and heard me say it, which I, I, he might be, he don't need to. He's a wrestler. Wrestlers know what I'm saying. That's like, you don't kick out on, on one on a false finish like that. I don't know. Twice. And, and then to hear see a Swagger tweet about it just made me, like, think about it again. So I want to just reset it and bring it up again here on the show. <clears throat> For that, that was a few segments ago, so people might have missed it. Uh, let's go uh, right here to New York and talk to Bill. Bill, you're on a special edition of the Taz Show. I am Taz. What's up? Taz, extremely good moment to you, sir. Good moment, sir. What's going on, buddy? I got to say, SummerSlam overall, I really enjoyed it. I think yes. I agree that the Charlotte-Trisherette match probably one of the best matches of the night. Yep. My only knock I had with SummerSlam, I just feel like 
the Intercontinental Championship to me is SummerSlam in a sense. When you think about the history of the IC title, to me SummerSlam and that title go hand in hand. Not that I wanted to see Nakamura in a sense, but I felt that title should have been on the show. Mm. I think maybe one spot it could have been in the Shane McMahon Kevin Owens match. Right, right. At least it gave something for Shane to lose when he loses to KO rather than nothing now, but KO got fired. Oh, he would quit actually. But I think, you know, I just like the IC title needs to be on SummerSlam. Yeah, I, I, listen, listen, uh, Bill, I, you're not wrong. Uh, you're not wrong at all. I mean, uh, the Intercontinental title is been around for, for decades and, and is revered and loved by Vince McMahon and pushed. How it's not on SummerSlam, yeah, it's a little perplexing. And, uh, you know, listen, as far as, um, you know, the talent, as far as a, a guy like Nakamura as the IC champion, I mean, Nakamura, Shinsuke Nakamura is one of the better workers in the world today. He's a tremendous star, a tremendous worker who's not getting pushed right now at all by WWE, as you know. Um, I, I, you know, I've been screaming that they should put him in an angle, do something heavy-duty with Alistair Black and him, I think would be really good stuff. Um, you know, but but we'll see. Maybe they'll eventually get there. But, yeah, no, I, I you're not wrong. I mean, I, I, I think um, – I'm trying to remember now. I think Drew Gulak, I know he retained his Cruiserweight Championship on the pre-show, but I think that was supposed to be on the main show, and that was relegated to the pre-show, I believe. Yes, it was on the pre-show. Yeah. Well, no, but I mean, initially, I think it was supposed to be on the main show. That's what I'm saying. I think it was supposed to be. Um, I'm, I don't... And, and if I could say one one thing about yeah. the scene, yeah. I think, hands down, this scene character, I just hope and I pray that this is not the best we've seen of Bray Wyatt with this character, because mm. I think this is refreshing. And for people who knock the product of today that Vince is out of touch with reality of today, right? I think this character blows that out, that argument out of the water. Uh, and yeah. anything they do with it is going to, I think, help build upon the future for the company. No no doubt. No doubt about it. And a lot of people appreciate the call, Billy. Thanks, man. A lot of people have been calling the show talking about uh, most of the calls on this this special I'm doing here have been about, about The Fiend, about Bray Wyatt and stuff. So... It's definitely, <laughs> it definitely got over with the audience. Um, just using my audience as a focus group, because um, I'm getting people calling from all over the country and all over the world. So uh, on, on this uh, this big platform that I'm blessed with uh, to do this show here. So, you know, and we're getting, like I said, a ton of people that are talking about, and people that are on hold that still want to talk about Bray Wyatt, about the Fiend character. So, I don't listen. I know a lot, and there's been some. Concerned also in this call, uh, in this show, by some of you the people, the fans that are worried to the point you just made that, well, are they going to do him right? Are they going to handle it right? Is he going to be, you know what I mean? Like, is it not going to be handled the right way? Uh, is he going to be deep pushed, meaning Bray Wyatt? <clears throat> I don't think that's going to happen. Like I said earlier, there's a lot of money being put into this thing. There's a lot of push being put into this this character, and and it works. It works, and they they, you know, it. it I don't think you give him the platform, the debut, the, the or the money put into it like I went into the last segment on a massive show like a SummerSlam if your goal and intentions are not to push him hard. And he's been in the company a long time, Wyatt. He knows the deal. They know him. That he's this is just this character's perfect for him. And I believe he's dialed into it and he probably has some creative 
I don't say creative control. That's like a no-no. You can't say like, but I think he has some creative input. That's a better word. Um, from what I understanding, from my understanding, with this character to utilize it, and that's always a big plus when the company trusts you enough that you could have heavy-duty creative input. Input. Let's go to Atlanta. Talk to Dequan. Uh, Dequan, you're on uh, with Taz here, special listener of the Taz Show. What's going on? Oh, how you doing, Taz? Good. How are you, sir? I'm good. Um, I must say, I've been on here an hour and 49 minutes, but I must say it is worth it. Thank you, sir. I, I apologize that you've been on hold that long. I Listen, man, I no, seriously, bro, I appreciate you holding on, though, but thank you. It, and I, and that's a, that's a very nice comment, saying it's been worth it. Because you, you can hear the show, obviously, when you're on hold, at least, right? Oh, yes, sir. All right, good. Well, I, I apologize you're on hold. Now i got to let you go. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. What's going on, man? <laughs> Look, I was going to ask you um, a couple questions. My first question is, um, um, do you agree with how um, – Easily, well, not easily, but do you agree how Brock Lesnar got beat clean by Seth Rollins, um, even though it was a good match? Yes, I'll tell you why, Daquan. I do. I have no problem with Brock Lesnar getting beat clean. Plus, whenever, my opinion, my friend, whenever you um, change championships, whenever you, you know, flip a title or whatever, you 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 need to do it with the person who's winning needs to win clean and needs to win with their finishing move. That. Most of the time, 99% of the time, unless it's a heel, a bad guy that you're really trying to build as a you know sketch sketchball guy, real dirty guy that needs help to win, and you you know he's kind of always just getting by the skin of his teeth, and then he wins. That's not Seth Rollins. Seth has got to go out there, win with his finish, and win clean. I I I thought it was perfect the way they did it. I and I thought Brock Lesnar deserves a lot of credit because the way he did business, he did business the right way. He helped make Seth. I think Paul Heyman did a great job on the outside, vocally, as as the advocate, as the manager, also in the character, in his character, to help get over the the, the sense of urgency and the fear that his guy was about to lose. Paul's great at that. He's great as a manager on the outside. He's got a lot of experience. But no, I got no problem with it at all, Daquan. I think it's the right thing the way they did that, and then he should have lost clean. Yeah. Uh, my my next question, um, Bray Wyatt, um. Do you um think WWE would tread softly with him, like, and make this actually work? I do, I do, and that's what I, you know, and I know you've been listening to the show, man, my man, and, and that's the thing because they they got a lot invested in this thing and they've been building him really slow, and that's the coolest thing, Daquan. When you're building, when you're a wrestler and you're getting built slow, no matter if it's your feud with someone or if it's your character. Like that happened to me many years ago in ECW with Sabu, our feud and our tied, our, our grudge match was going to be settled and was going to be slowly built for one year. We knew that going into the whole storyline. We knew for a year the company was going to push and build it. Bray must have known that through all the funhouse things and all the build that there was going to be months and months of a build. My point in telling you that, Daquan, is when you when you're a part of that build, no matter if it's in my case where it was a feud with someone, or in Bray's case where it's his character, when you know the company's going slow with it, but yet it's steady content about it, dude, that's the greatest thing ever. Because you know the company truly is invested financially and TV time wise that they're building you slow. That's so important and. 
I don't. I gotta be humbly. I gotta tell you. I don't think anyone's gonna explain it any more, any better than I just explained it to you. But what I just told you is the gospel truth. So that slow build shows me that they're gonna push him the right way. I I really really believe that. Yeah, I def I agree as well. Um, but it was a complete honor and a privilege talking to you. I can't. I really can't believe it right now. Well, Daquan, look, man, I appreciate you staying on hold as long as you did. Uh, I I do, and and good luck to you, my friend, and talk to you soon. And thank you again for calling. Thanks for the support. Much appreciated for sure. Let's go down to Atlanta. Uh, let's talk to Justin. Justin, you're on the Taz Show special edition of the Taz Show with me, Taz. What's up? Taz, what's up, brother? Hey man, uh, you're a Hall of Famer in my book, so I just had to get out, get that out of the way first of all. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, that's very nice of you. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. So you kind of hit on it. Uh, you know, I wanted to talk about the fiend, and uh, I think Bray Wyatt killed it. Whoever came up with this character is a genius. You yeah. know, whether it was Bray or whoever. But so I, you kind of hit on that. But I wanted to ask you. You know, I've been I've been a wrestling fan uh, since like 20 years. I, I grew up in the Attitude Era. You know watching Undertaker and, and Kane and all that. But with Vince keeping these older guys around, these legends, um, to keep ratings up, I'm just curious. Like, that has to take a toll eventually, uh, you know, on their bodies. I mean, obviously Undertaker's, what, you know, 52, 53 years old. And right. with Vince keeping them around, I mean, there's obviously a sense of desperation, especially with AEW on the rise, getting a, a, right. a contract with TNT. Right. So I just wanted to get your opinion, you know, what you thought about that. And obviously, you know, they're they're desperate to keep the ratings up. And, you know, I've seen these pictures, like, on social media of them. Yeah, well, the, the, I appreciate the call. We're running out of time. I'm going to handle the, the, your question and your statement on the other side of the break yet. I am Taz. Special edition of Taz Show continues on the other side of the break. Be right back. I want the world. Yeah, I want the world. Yeah, I want it all, said I want the world. Yeah, I want the world. I'm coming to get it, don't care what you heard. Don't care what you heard. I'm taking it all, cause I want the world. Yeah, I want the world. Yeah, I want the world. It's the best in the game, best in the biz. About that time, and you know what it is. Coming from Brooklyn, bringing that truth. Never gonna lie, never gonna lose. Always on top, keeping it steady. He'll make you tap out and you won't be ready. He got the suplex, breaking your back. Now everyone in the world gonna listen to Taz. All right, what's up here? Uh, in that final hour right now of the special edition of the Taz Show, talking about SummerSlam, and we're coming to you live right now from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. That's right, uh, 855-212-4227. That's the number if you'd like to call the show. Tell me what your favorite match of SummerSlam was, maybe what your least favorite was. Uh, what's you know? What segment did you like, or what? What do you? Who were you hoping to be on on a SummerSlam that wasn't on SummerSlam? Just give a call to talk about whatever you want to talk about. No problem. Get to the calls in a second here. We've had uh, very busy phones throughout the show, so I appreciate everybody doing that. Also, uh, Mike Johnson from PW Insider will be joining us uh, shortly. Uh, what in about probably uh, twenty minutes or so, somewhere around there. So you'll get Mike Johnson. We'll get Mike's opinion about what he thought of the show. Mike does a great job at PW Insider. Um, they do a great job there always uh, to get your wrestling news. And Mike's been a big part of a, a, a whole bunch of these specials I've done in the Taz show in general. Also, in other news, uh, the podcast of the show, like always, for those that if you missed any of this particular show, my show here, this special, it will podcast uh, tomorrow morning. I'm not exactly sure what time it'll drop. 
But wherever you get your podcast, no matter if it's Apple Podcasts, maybe it's at Radio.com, maybe it's on Stitcher, maybe it's Spotify. That's where the Taz Show lives in all those different spots. Whatever the Google gimmick is, the Google uh, home for podcasting, it's on that spot too. I don't know the name of it, but that's okay. So that's the deal. Uh, CBS Sports Radio toll-free line, 855-212-4227 is brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Let's talk to Robert in New York. Uh, Robert, you are on uh, with Taz. What's going on, Robert? Taz, what's going on, man? How are you? Good, buddy. How you doing, man? I'm doing stellar, man. Thank you. Thank you. Bro, so here's my question, man, and just to flip the script a little bit of where we, where, like, the conversation right now, if you don't mind. Sure. I mean, you guys put me on, but... Like, so look, so I was watching a little bit of, like, the hype with SummerSlam, which it was fun, but, damn, man, it felt like it took my whole summer to watch it. Like, I really felt like my whole summer was down the drain watching it. it well, hold long. on, wait, wait, wait. What, I don't yeah. understand. What, what does that mean? Like, it felt long? Meaning like, what, it, what was is, long. it was long. No, it just felt long. It felt long. long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, hold on, bro. Yeah. Robert, Robert, they ended. Do you normally watch WWE pay-per-views? Bro, I watch no, I watch every pay per view, bro. I don't, dude. I don't know, dude. How do I know what you're watching? You're actually, I watch. Listen, I'm, I'm asking. I'm on I'm, your show, bro. Of course, I'm a wrestling Robin, fan. Robin, Robin, right? no, yeah. no, Robin, Robin, please, sir. I, of course, you're a wrestling fan, but just because you're calling a show doesn't mean you're a wrestling fan. I got a lot of people that that call these specials and call when my show was daily that weren't wrestling fans. They were casual fans. I don't know how deep of a wrestling fan you are. This show is on so many different radio stations across the country. You can't assume that I know how deep of a wrestling fan you are. I'm asking you that question, Rob, for a reason because, you know, I'm assuming you watched whatever, WrestleMania before, obviously. So, you know, dude, like the past couple of years, that show has been, that takes your summer. That <laughs> Even though it's on the spring, that takes five hours, you know what I mean? I'm still watching WrestleMania right now. <laughs> 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 that was funny. <laughs> oh, look, Taz, check this out, though. Seriously, I, yeah, like, yeah. I would love your opinion on this. And by by all means, man, I'll send you a pic. You'll know quick and easy that I'm not a wrestler, right? Or right. an aspiring wrestler. Okay. But yeah. I am a marketer and a brander, and I wasn't creative, right, I, of, for businesses. But I want to know, though, you putting yourself back in as a performer early days, like how can you put – like? What would you be doing today with the outlets and the platforms that we have available to us today? Whether you're in the, I know the the context of it all changes if you're in the indies or if you're already signed to like WWE or something. Right, but like, right. like how would you be leveraging social? Like, what do you see the biggest mistakes are that guys are making, or would you think it would be cool to not use it, or like what what would how would you maneuver well, with the, the things we have today Dude, at our, it's, the tools. It's, listen, it's it's a great question. I've actually talked about it a little bit a, a few podcasts ago on my show, Robert. Um, because I do wonder that a lot, man. I and and I'm I'm really I'm actually it has nothing to do with some stuff I know, but it's about wrestling. And I'm glad you brought it up, dude. And I could tell you're in in some kind of marketing business because that's a, you're you're right. Like, how would someone like I know I'm proud. Like I branded myself. And I had help from wrestling companies, but I branded myself before there was social media. A lot of us did back then. We had there was no such thing as social media, as you know, right? So when I'm doing this, like 
in, in the early 90s, in, into the mid-90s and late 90s, there is no social media. You know, when I was in my prime as a wrestler. So I don't know how much I would use it today. I think what some guys and girls do wrong with it, Robert, I do think, and I appreciate the call, I do think what happens sometimes, look, they've heard, young wrestlers today have heard from Vince McMahon himself on, I don't know if it was Steve Austin podcast, I can't remember where, where he said no one's grabbing the brass ring. He made that comic, comment a few years ago, Vince did. And once these younger wrestlers heard that, I do think a lot of them get confused with that. Well, what does that mean? So a lot of them, what they do, then they'll go on social media and they'll either take a shot at a veteran wrestler that might say something at them, or they just means to get super aggressive with fans or to shoot on fans all the time, or people they work with in the locker room to bring the angles heavily into that. I think some of that can get a little played out and a little. I, I think I would have backed off of that. I probably wouldn't have interacted with the fans at all. Like the character I was, like I was a real hard ass character and a no nonsense, just miserable SOB. That was the gimmick. Just raged always. And so I probably wouldn't have done well on social media back then. Um, but matches, your wrestling matches, to answer your question, Robert, in long form. Wrestling matches to what I would have used utilized it for, which I wish I would have had it. I wish I would have had it for this to get my the way I wrestled and the way I would just my persona to get it out there to promoters to get it out to the world. I had to do it like a lot of us did back then. Most of us with VHS tapes, put them in an envelope and bring them to the mailbox and bring them to the to the post office and send them to. AWA, send them to World Class, send them to the NWA, send them to the WWF. You know, it's like uh, that's what I, that's how not just me, but a lot of us in that era had to do it. It was a VHS tape, and it was just it was just clunky and just. Now you could just have a link, a digital link to a YouTube gimmick with your matches on there. Holy crap! To me, that is gold. That's like man, because the VHS tape thing sucked. That was not a fun experience doing it. was a lot of work. So just to get your character out there, just to get noticed, I think that's where social media is such a massive, massive advantage for these younger talents today. Um, so anyway, but good question. I appreciate it. Uh, definitely for sure. Let's go down to South Kakalaki, South Carolina, to talk to Robbie. Robbie, you're on with Taz. What's up? Hey, man. Uh, just want to say right off, right off the start, I'm a big fan of yours and have been for years. Uh, in my in my book, you're a legend. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much, um, Rob. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, man, definitely. I uh, was just talking about. I just want to talk about um, the Fiend, of course. Uh, I've been watching the build for weeks and months of this character. You know, with the Firefly Funhouse and yeah, all that. And yeah. I was just, you know, at first when it came on, it was kind of like it caught me off guard to be completely honest because I was like, what the hell was going on? You know, and <laughs> it's like each week was like. <laughs> You, you get what I'm saying? It's like yeah. you get, yeah. More each week was getting more and more intense. I was like, whoa! Like well, that's the build, and, right? That you want a slow build, and they did it. They, that's what I was saying earlier. If you heard me, did it? They did it right. They took their time with it. And when you're Bray Wyatt, you know they're going slow with it. It's a good feeling. Trust me. Yeah, slow build is always good. Oh, yeah, that's what I've always loved big, about that. Yeah, big time, big time. And uh, so yeah, I was just talking about that, and just talking about that. Uh, I was I was listening to your show. You know, I just 
I just happened upon it tonight. Your show. I didn't know that you had a show. Oh. I didn't know. I didn't know you had a, re- a radio show, and I'm I'm happy I found it. I, oh. I love your show. I, I'm already loving it, by the way. Thank you, bro. Well, listen, this is my deal. Here, real simple, little plug for you. So I drop a podcast like two to three a week for free. Of course, you're nothing. I don't know if you're a podcast listener, but I, I do shows like this every day. I mean, I'm almost at 700 episodes. I've been doing this for a lot of years now. So right. you go, just go on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast, and just search the Taz Show. You'll find it. It's that simple. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I got a lot. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, all I got, unfortunately, I don't have much, like, you know, phones and stuff, like, electronics and stuff. Like, right. I had I had some, I had access back to, like, Facebook and all that back, but I haven't had that for a while. But So you don't do, you don't do the podcast? Radio's you all I got. I feel you. That's all right. That's all good. So you don't do the podcasting. You know, you don't do that on the phone or that. That's a, bro, it's all good. So I, I'm just curious. How you listen to this right now? Like, what radio station or how you getting us? Um, I'm a, I own CBS Sports Radio uh, radio station right now. My stereo is 105.5. Oh, okay. I, um, good. Yeah, it's, it's one of my presets. I I was just looking through radio stations, finding something good, and I didn't. And well, I found that state. I found uh, that station. And I'm glad you did, brother. I'm glad you found me here, and and I appreciate you calling, Robbie, and and uh, good call right there. And thanks so much, my friend. I appreciate it. Let's go out to Los Angeles. Talk to April. April, you are on uh, the Taz Show with me, Taz. What's up? Hey, Taz, it's an honor to actually be on your talk show. I've been a wrestling fan for almost three decades, since 1991. Believe it or not, I've been a wrestling fan since uh, Undertaker's birthday, which was March 24th, 1991. <laughs> WrestleMania 7 came here to Los Angeles, to my hometown. Wow. Since then, I've been a fan since day one. So I guess Undertaker's your favorite wrestler? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I heard, which I actually, in fact, I actually met him last year, David Force Survivor Series in Los Angeles. He actually did a signing at Frankenstein's. Nice. He's, a, he's, a, he's, good, he's a great guy. Cool he's a is, great yeah, guy. He is. Great one guy. cool thing is, he actually remembered me a long time ago. I'm not surprised. He's a he's a good guy. He's got a he's a oh, very, yeah. very down in, to earth, intelligent really down guy. To earth guy. Very intelligent guy. Very intelligent. Yeah. So what's going on? Did you like the show? I wanted to bring up to your attention. Sorry if right. you hear me. But I'm actually on the bus. I just left my friend's house watching SummerSlam. But my big topic was, let me take you back, money in the bank, a couple months ago. All right. Okay, I understand the ladder matches and all that. What I don't get is that Brock Lesnar should have never, and I say the meaning of the word never, and I know a lot of WWE Universe agrees with me on this. Brock Lesnar should have never been entered in the money in the bank briefcase. I mean, whoever it was that was supposed to be there should have been there. But yeah, but, Brock, it's, but he did not deserve it. But hold, well, and, wait, well, hold on. But April, when you say not deserve it, how, let me ask you a question: Is Brock Lesnar? Do you, no matter if you like him or not, do you think he's a big star? He is. Yes. Okay. He's do, a you, big do, star do you think? Do you, do you think? Big... Right. Of course. Do you think? Let me ask you this, April. Do you think that Brock draws people to the arena and makes people watch Raw whenever he shows up? Yes and no. Okay. Yes and no. Right. Okay. Yes and no. Um, so, the reason why I simply that is that, okay, yeah, he's a big-ass performer. I mean, he's one of the biggest guys he's ever seen. Right. He's but, a massive star. Massive star. He he has earned it. He's been there a lot of years and been successful. April, appreciate the call. So, I mean, to say he doesn't deserve it, I don't agree with that. Uh, I understand why a lot of people get upset because he's had a push for a long time. I get it. I and he works a limited schedule. I've talked about this at nauseum. You know, you you people, fans, can't get upset when a wrestler works a deal 
when a wrestler works a deal out that he uh <laughs> that he um <laughs> something made me laugh. I don't do what I was saying. That uh that has a deal where he's a days clause, where he works less amount of days. He or she, if a talent has that kind of leverage over the years and has that kind of a contract, that's just called being a good businessman or a good businesswoman. You can't fault the person for that. Doesn't mean they're lazy. Just means they're saving their bump card. They're extending their bump card. Don't hate on a guy for having a, having a days clause. It's called good business. All right, we're going to have Mike Johnson coming up for PW Insider on the other side of the break. Also, everybody on hold. After we speak with Mike, I'll get to you guys, I promise. Tad Show, Brett back. All right, so uh, yeah, we're rocking and rolling. We got Mike Johnson on deck here. We got everybody who's on hold. I will get to you guys in a second. Mike Johnson for PW Insider. My friend Mike, what's up, guy? Good moment, Taz. How are you? Ah, uh, you know, I'm just uh, working hard here, doing my thing. Uh, I enjoyed SummerSlam. I thought it was pretty good. What'd you think? I want to get your thoughts. Thought it was a solid show. Yeah, I liked it. I like. There were. There were three major things on it I liked. I, I loved the presentation of Bray Wyatt. Right. Uh, I thought they did a great, like, in terms of introducing a new sort of supernatural character. Yeah. That's probably the most successful one they've introduced since Kane, which is like over, oh, 1997, I think, was Kane. Um, I'm feeling old. Um, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed Brock and Seth. I thought they had a war. And Seth Rollins with the ribs taped up. It made Brock everything Brock Lesnar did far more... Uh, combative and far more devastating. So when Seth was able to come back and win, I thought they had uh, a rare moment where the hero achieved and defeated all the obstacles in front of him. And obviously, I, I think the women did a great job tonight. Mm. Becky and Natalia, great match. Lots of cool submissions uh, with well, the sharpshooter in the corner. Let's and, discuss that for a second. Let me just sure. stop right there so we just have a little volley. So I thought Becky and Natalia was, was definitely good. I did. And I, and I respect both these ladies. I do. And, and know them both, right? And so I, I got to tell you, I was talking about this earlier, Mike. I don't, you're probably busy doing something audio stuff for PW Insider. You probably didn't hear it. But I, I was talking about this. And it's like, for, for me, I guess I'm an old school submission uh, traditionalist where if you're doing a submission match, I, I want to I know that the two people going in, are well, they're looked at as respected submission talents. Where I think Becky would have that. I don't think Natalia is looked at as a, a submission person. I know she got the sharpshooter. I got it. Um, the thing that I'm getting at in long form to tell you, Mike, my opinion, I don't feel it was there was a lot of different like a plethora of submissions. It was basically the story was each woman's finish, you know, trying to get the sharpshooter, trying to get the disarmer. That yeah. to me. I, I don't know, man. You've seen a lot of submission matches, and you've covered them. I, I, I've been in some. I've, I've seen a bunch of them. I, I don't know. I just feel like it, I would have liked it a little better if it was other holds put in there. You know what I mean? Like, it just felt like it was just sharpshooter, disarmer. Right. No, I, I get what you're saying, because when you think about what they did the night before with TakeOver with Shayna Baszler and Mia Yim, Good point. Shayna pulled out the triangle. That's right. Uh, and, you, and, you know, because her arm had been worked over, so she used the triangle with the legs in order to get the tap out. I know what you're talking about. Kind of have more versatility to the, the submissions, so it's not just the disarmer and the sharpshooter. That's right. And to make to your point that you made about Baszler, because I saw it at the NXT show also, you're right. I, I didn't think it up. That's a great point. Because that, and you notice, Mike, that brings out where this more it's more realistic. Why why does Becky and Natalia, like why does Becky have to win with the disarmer? Why? Why does Natalia have to win with the sharpshooter? Why? 
It's a submission match. You get caught. Look, I've played judo enough, enough in my life. My son plays judo. When you, you play, if you're involved with mixed martial arts, if you're involved with jujitsu or judo, any grappling art, you get caught in a hold at any time. It don't have to be someone's special hold. So I, you make a great point about Baszler, and you're right. So it feels more realistic. Just not the way they wanted their creative to go. They, no, wanted, I they wanted people to be with the familiar. Yeah, I, well, you're right. That's that's a. I guess that's for them. They're hooking more of the casual fan that way. Um, now, they weren't trying to lay it out the way you and Dean Malenko were doing it. <laughs> no, I, that's a good point. Um, so the thing, the thing is, to the other match, uh, Goldberg Ziggler. So I mean, I'm sure on PW Insider, I would think that you're getting people talking about as far as any negativity. I, I, positively, I like the show too. But I would the only two things I didn't I didn't like the finish obviously of Randy and Kofi. Yeah, that's Kofi. the number one negative we've gotten feedback on. Right there you go. And I would think the Goldberg Ziggler thing just because you know it was quick and what happened with Goldberg and you know like it just that Ziggler was just literally a sacrificial lamb and then he kept cutting the promo and getting beat up again and. I, yeah, I, I we haven't gotten as much negativity on that because I think Ziggler was so good. Mm. On the okay. mic, because his promo was great. Right, right. And, his promo you know, was great. And, and right. Goldberg kept laying him out, and I was like, all right, so they're reestablishing Goldberg as this monster after the chaos that he had against Undertaker the last time he wrestled. They're, right. You know, and they're kind of building him up as the, the unstoppable legend or whatever. But, uh, you know, I, we didn't get a lot of negativity. The, the, uh, the second Randy Orton versus Kofi Kingston ended, the emails just started coming in rapid fire. Yeah, they want to finish. That's why, yeah. yeah and, I, I, and because yeah. the way they laid out that story... The story was Randy Orton allegedly held Kofi down. Right. It was Kofi's chance to exercise the demons, and it didn't really happen that way. And and, and it was almost like quasi like Kofi's trying to prove himself to Randy, which I, I got to be honest, I don't agree with. Kofi's the WWE champion. He, he shouldn't. Yeah. I understand the character he is. He's a, the ultimate babyface champion. He's, he's an overachiever. I got it. But he shouldn't have to be proving himself to Randy or any other wrestler. You know, it just that. That shows that's a sign of weakness, like you're showing the character weakness, in my opinion. But no, I'm I'm with you on that. Yeah. If you're the WWE champion, you should be at the top of the pyramid, and everybody else should be trying to prove that they're better than you. That's right. You that's have right. nothing to prove. That's the that's the belt Bruno San Martino held. That's, that's the pinnacle. Right. That's the belt, right? So now back to that Goldberg Ziggler thing. So like what I was saying earlier, and and um, my thing with it, Mike, was that. And by the way, we're speaking to Mike Johnson right now from PW Inside. If you're just joining us right now. Um, the thing with Ziggler Goldberg, like, I, I didn't like, I love the way it started with the two big super kicks, the false finishes by Ziggler. I thought that was great. Whoever laid this out, if it was Ziggler, Goldberg, or whoever, I like that. I, I really, not that I dislike it, I hated that Goldberg kicked out on one twice. That, because you know you, you, you're having Goldberg, He's going he's gonna to eat Ziggler up a couple of moves later with a spear and a jackhammer. Match is over. And then he's going to get him again later and later. You know, have him kick out on two, two and a half. Because he took a great bump, Goldberg. It was a quick, you know, super kick. That kicking out on one, like for a wrestler, like the storytelling in that, like it just doesn't work for me. And I don't know if you saw it as, I don't want to get into details on it. You might have, maybe you didn't notice it, but. Apparently, Goldberg and uh, Jack Swagger are having a little Twitter spat right now. So, um, and after I was saying this, then I noticed this during one of the breaks here on this show, my show here, that then <laughs> Swagger said to him, do you have to kick out on, can't you kick out on two? Like, you know, taking a shot at him. Like, and I'm like, ah, well, see, I, that, that's how wrestlers think. You don't, you know, if it's a false finish, the key to the false finish is kicking out late. <laughs> Not a one. <laughs> 
Because you want that audience to think, ooh, they got me. Yeah, you know, well, look at Lesnar. Hey, bro, 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 look at Lesnar in that main event. The first false finish, the curb stomp by Seth on Brock. Watch the, 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 um, the um, what do you call it, the late kick out, you know, by, um, by Brock Lesnar. It was Shane Douglas-esque. I mean, Shane, to me, all the guys I've worked with, Shane was probably the best at that, at, at false finish kickouts. Like, he was tremendous. I'd cover him on stuff, and I'm like, oh, man, he's not kicking out. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, kick out, kick out. He, he was great at it. I mean, you saw his whole career, so you know yeah. what I'm saying. And I'm just, he was underratedly really good at it. You know, like, that's the key. Ric Flair also, obviously, another guy who was a legend at it. But I'm just saying, like, I, 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 I had a problem with that part. That 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 was my only thing with the Goldberg thing. And I have nothing against Goldberg. A lot, a lot of people hate on him. I don't, I don't dislike the guy. I don't really know him that well, but whatever. He's making money. He's working here and there, whatever. I, I do believe in the, the talent on the the talent that's working the road. The current talent needs to stay alive. I don't believe in, you know, having Edge go out and spear you know, Elias and, you know, eat his lunch, you know, uh, when he's going to come out later on and referee a match. That I don't think makes sense either. No, that made no sense, especially when there's no payoff for Elias and Edge down the line. Correct. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I was just, let's pop the house because we're in Toronto and he's right. a Toronto kid. Right. No, I know. And everybody who was from Toronto was on the show. I'm mean, just about. So, <laughs> of course. I mean, everybody. Yeah, when we're at the Garden, I don't know. I probably won't be there. I mean, so. You uh, should be, but it doesn't mean you will be. <laughs> exactly. Um, no, but the, um, oh, by the way, speaking of Edge, so that, I think I saw you write something. Was that the first physical thing he's done in like quite some time because of his neck? Since the day they medically disqualified him from competing to the best of my knowledge so i'm leaving myself a little asterisk i think that's the first piece of physicality he's ever done with wwe good for him that's good for him. I, I, and i mean i was i was legit i'm like where are they going with this and i thought like maybe someone else was going to come out and then he hit the spear and i was like wow yeah. i was very surprised because you know when they decide you are no longer going to be involved in physicality they do not break that chain. Like, you're on one side of the fence, right. and they don't want – they'll tease it, but they won't do it. So I was very surprised at that, you know, because and, – and who knows, you know, maybe they just decided, well, Elias can take this, and it'll be safe, and it'll be great for the good for the house, and it'll be a nice surprise. I was, I was very legitimately surprised by it, I have to say. Yeah, I was too, and I would have been more surprised and happily surprised. Now, don't hack me here, so when you talk about it, make sure you give your boy credit here. Who would have been the perfect guy to come out and do what Edge did? And I'm happy for Edge health health wise because Edge is a good guy and I like Edge. He's my friend. But I would have no disrespect towards Edge. If you want someone to come eat up Elias while he's cutting his great promo, burying all the Toronto sports teams, which was very funny. His promo was great. His song, I should say. Oh, that say. was great. It was hysterical. Um, Bobby Roode should have been the guy. So. You know, he's from Peterborough, which is uh, right out there, right there in, in Toronto. Uh, have him come out and have him do the gimmick, the glorious gimmick, and have him bump Elias and then do something with him. And, and uh, Elias, you know, I, I understand the two-heel thing, but you know what? You're in Toronto. You want to pop the house. Bobby Roode is tweeting photos uh, of his lawn while he's watering. The, I don't know if you saw this before the show. He, he's oh, he, And he's putting well, hashtag. Go look at his Twitter. He's putting hashtag SummerSlam. He, right before SummerSlam, he's tweeting a picture of his barbecue. He's got, like, chicken breast on there. Like, I'm not dude, I'm, not I'm looking kidding. at the picture of the hose water in the plants right you now. You see it right now? <laughs> it's, like, unbelievable. And I'm thinking, I know Bobby. I love Bobby. I'm like, he's working everybody. He's doing a running on the show. Uh, well, he didn't. <laughs> he wasn't and, working and anybody. And if you scroll down, you see they had him doing PR. 
yeah. public relations appearances yeah. for the show earlier in the weekend. Unbelievable! I, uh, I feel so well, bad. You know what? They've got two TV, two days of TV in Toronto. Hopefully, uh, they don't. They yeah, don't. Uh, that's true. They that's don't forget true. that he's there. I hope so. I, you know, I hope so. He's, he's not Dennis Stamp. You know, waiting no. to be booked. Dennis Stamp. Oh my God, that was funny. All right. Well, listen, Mike. Uh, tight on time here, bro. Why don't you uh, tell people where they can find? Your content, Dave Sheeran, what you guys do at Pro, uh, PW Insider, please. Well, we, we we do audio like this, talking in deep detail about everything in the world of professional wrestling, WWE on down, and pretty much uh, we're breaking news and writing stories and doing anal- analyzation of everything in the world of professional wrestling 24-7. People can check it out at PWInsider.com, and we have an ad-free subscription site called PWInsiderElite.com, and people can try that for three days free if they cho- choose to do so, and... Uh, they can All follow right. me at Mike PW Insider on Twitter, and uh, I appreciate being on as always, guys. And I thank you, sir. Yes, sir, Mike. I appreciate it, bud. Talk to you soon, Mike Johnson, ladies and gentlemen, right there from PW Insider. Very nice having Mike on. All right. So uh, anyway, I, uh, we're going to go to break. Other side of break, we got to got to jump into a lot of these calls here for sure. We have a lot of people on hold. I will get to all of them. I promise you, that's going to happen. And uh, and that's the deal on that. So uh, what else we got? Uh, yeah, Bobby Roode thing. I wanted to say that. I probably shouldn't have said it to Mike because I wanted to do that as a standalone. But then I'm like, it just came out at the perfect time. You know, this was right there for me. I had to do it. You know what I mean? So it just felt right. So that was it. So that's the thing. So everybody on hold, I'll get to you guys. I promise you. And uh, other side of break. And before we know, we're done here. All right. We're back here. On the Taz Show, last segment right here. So, uh, very busy. I, like I said, I want to get into some of these phone calls. A lot of people have been very patient and holding and stuff like that. So, uh, I will forget to thank Mike Johnson, uh, who was the guest from PW Insider. So, thanks, Mike. And uh, I want to say that right now before I forget to do that later on. Uh, when I wrap up here in a little bit, uh, let's go uh, out to Arkansas. Talk to uh, an old friend of the Taz Show, uh, Pork Chop John. Pork chop, what's going on, Hoss? Good moment, Taz. How's everything up there in your world? Not bad, not bad, my friend. Fair to Midland, uh, fair to Midland. So, what's going on, buddy? Well, I took in the SummerSlam show this evening, and I can't say that I was disappointed okay. in doing so. I got to say, right now, Charlotte Flair put in her magnum opus performance mm. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, for talked, what she I did. talked about her. Listen, I talked earlier, John, about her, you know, and that match that her and Trish had was was really, really good. And Trish for someone who's not in quote air quotes ring shape. I mean, uh, this woman as a mom and what she's done and the shape she's in to get in the ring and work like she did. But for Charlotte Flair, she's a true ring general, hence why the company put her in a ring with a veteran like, you know, Trish, who hasn't worked in a long time. So you take you take a heel like Charlotte. The heel leads the dance. The heel leads the match. You have Charlotte work with, uh, you know, Trish. And, man, it was perfect. I, I had a feeling it was going to be a real good match. I didn't think it would be that good, but it was really, really, really good. Oh, it was mas- It was a master's class yeah. as far as I was concerned, yeah. just watching that. And kudos to Trish, you know, in – Coming out, you know, in such short time, getting back into the thick of it and putting on an excellent performance herself. Unbelievable. And what I think would have been so great is if they could have had a longer amount of time to build to this of how great this would have been. Mm. But just for what it was, for as short and as quick time as they had to build to it, the payoff was 
awesome. Yeah, I, you know, John, and it was awesome. You're right. The payoff was awesome. But, you know, just real quick on that whole thing you just said, you're not wrong, but just to give you a different train of thought, you're not wrong when you say it would have been nice if they would have had more time to build it. And I'm all about a slow build, trust me. But something like this, when it's a one-off, okay, just just like the Goldberg-Ziggler thing was a one-off, this is a one-off. You know, you're doing it to pop the Toronto crowd. You have a Hall of Famer, a, a, you know, a, a great talent, a woman who was before her time in a Trish Stratish going there in her hometown and do her thing. And you don't almost don't want – they didn't need a big buildup. Because both I of these, they're both these ladies are made already. One in her prime, one in her past. You know what I mean? They're both made, made girls. You know, so that's why. But if they would have did a slow build, I'd had no problem with that. Yeah. Oh, but boy, oh boy, I, the one that I thought where the crowd kind of turned on everything a little bit was that finish of the Orton Kofi thing. Yeah. Well, crowd I was, no, was not a, happy. A, screw job finish Jones. Yeah, you can't do that. Uh, pork chop. Appreciate the call, dude. Yeah, I was talking about that a lot earlier. And anybody who missed any of the show here, and I've done three hours here, you know, the podcast will drop tomorrow morning uh, at Apple Podcasts, Radio.com, Stitcher, Spotify, all, all these different spots you get your, you know, podcasting. Just check the Taz show. It's free. Like everything else I do is for free. Everything. Everything I do is for free. I don't get paid for nothing. Just free. Idiot. That's what I am. No, anyway, uh, let's go out to Illinois and talk to Connor. Connor, you're on with Taz here. What's going on? Hey, Taz, how are you? How you doing, buddy? Good, long-time listener. He's calling a bunch back in the day. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it. Um, so I was at a buddy's house, and watching the main event, most of the focus was Brock focusing on Seth's ribs. Right. Yep. And it seems like once Seth at that third curb stomp got the one, two, three, he didn't sell the ribs so much in the celebration, whereas you saw Brock selling all the way to the back. So that's what well, your take on that thing. Here's my take on that. Um, when you lose... Okay, that's an old school thing. When you lose, okay, you that's when you really got to sell your rear end off. <laughs> Especially whatever you lo- you know you got to sell all the way because you 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 want to put off as much as possible that you legitimately just got beat by someone. So you're protecting yourself and you're making the guy who beat you because if you don't make the guy who beat you ever see people Connor like wrestlers that are pissed that they're, they're losing a match, pissed they're doing a the job. So one, two, three, and then they just get out of the ring and they don't sell. You've seen that, right? Yep. That's dumb. Okay, because when you do that, you're being bitter, you're being spiteful, and what are you doing? You 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 think you're hurting the guy that just beat you because you're ticked off that the office wanted you to lose? Okay, you're actually hurting yourself. Because then if, if you were able just to get up and walk away, this is the psychology, then what the hell did you just lay there for three seconds for? Right. You know what I mean? So, I, I, now, as far as Seth, you're right. Seth did not sell much the ribs, and he probably should have. Um, he probably just got lost in a moment. I'm making excuses for him. He's a pro. He should know better. He should have sold it. But it, 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 I know you didn't ask this, but it won't take off like Lesnar or nothing like that. I don't I – don't, it, it only um, – it's almost I – don't, I don't want to word like this, Connor, but it's almost more important to sell – when you lose more than when you win. Um, you know, but for a baby face, Connor, thanks for the call. For a baby face like Seth, it would have been better to your point if he would have sold more after he just won the match and his ribs and all that jazz because he was taped up and everything like that. Uh, let's go uh, to New York and talk to James. James, you're on with Taz. What's up? What's up, Taz? Um, I just want to talk a little bit about the uh, women's division, if you, if sure. you don't mind. Sure, sure, sure. Um, at this point, it's, I mean, I understand Becky Lynch's is great, but she's basically soaked up. And I'm not saying it's her fault, but she's right. basically 
devoured the entire women's division besides Charlotte. Right. And I guess Bailey at this point's protected. But what do you see going forward? I know Clash of Champions is in Charlotte, uh, the Queen's hometown, but what's the future for the women's division, which is basically a division of three, considering Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross is yeah. there in tag team. Yeah, no, I know it's a little. It's a. I, I think right now they're in a little transition. To be honest, um, I, and I get what you're saying. I mean, they they have enough talent there. You know, like the Kabuki Warriors and the Tag. Okay, you know the girls that Paige manages. Um, you know, like I I, I do think like Carrie uh, said, Carrie Sane and Oscar, right? Like for example, they. I, I I think together as a team, like I would push them to the moon. I know you're not asking about the tag team stuff. I would push them to the moon. And then you're making both of them. And now Oscar was already made, but you kind of heard her when she came over from you know uh, the big push she had, the undefeated streak. And I told people that was going to happen because of the language barrier for for the young lady, unfortunately. And that Vince is a big big deal with how promos are cut. But anyway, I don't want to get too lost in the woods here on your question. It's tough, man. Uh, they're in a transition right now. I mean, I, I don't. I think right now Charlotte's such a made commodity. I don't think you have to worry about a title on her. Like moving her around. I mean, if they want to go and take the Tony Tony Storm, who's the NXT uh, NXT UK Women's Champ, they could bring her up. I don't think they do that. Maybe Baszler. You have her shake up the division, but she's just kicking butt with that NXT Women's Championship. So I, I don't I don't think Triple H would want her to go anywhere. Um, the Nikki Cross Bliss thing. Eventually, you're gonna have to have them. Uh, you have to have Bliss turn on on uh, Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross is just, she's, she's, it's set up to be the gullible one in there, and we appreciate the call, do that. Thank you. But you know what? I mean, I don't know. They're in a transition right now. Um, they are. I mean, it's, it's, it's a little predictable right now what they're doing with the women's division. They have enough talent. They just got to start building them. Uh, let's talk to Philip in California. Philip, you're on with Taz. What's going on, buddy? What's up, Tasmania? How are you? All right, brother. What's going on, baby? Uh, Becky Lynch and Natalia. I think they had a great opening match to kick off SummerSlam. I thought Natalia was going to win, but she came close. But I thought that was a great opening match. Uh, take number two was Bill Goldberg. I'm glad he got that big spear and that jackhammer. He redeemed himself, I thought, and it was exciting. He's one of the great uh, wrestlers of all times. And then my last point uh, is congratulations to Seth Rollins. I like him as a baby face, Taz. Do you like him as a baby face? I, I do. Mean, eventually... I, I do. I do like him as a baby face. Philip, appreciate the call. We're running tight hey. on. We're running tight. Oh, watch that. We're running tight on time here. Sorry about that. Uh, we're running tight. I'm trying to get these other people. But yeah, I do like Seth as a baby face for sure. I definitely do. Let's go to Virginia. Talk to Marcus. Marcus, you're on with Taz. What's up? Hey, I just had a quick question for you, Taz. I wanted to get your opinion on how you feel about the. Sami Zayn versus Alistair Black match being taken off of SummerSlam. Yeah, that's a great you know, point. Originally, You're right, dude. I didn't know, bring that up. Uh, I'm glad you brought it up. Okay, continue. Because, you know, originally when he was, like, first called up for the main roster during John Cena's U.S. title open, Bret Hart came out there to give him, you know, the rub in Canada. Right. So it makes sense to, see, you know, have Sami Zayn up there in Canada, you know, with the Alistair Black. Do you feel like they took it off to make more room for time? Because you know yeah. it kind of ended early, but yeah, I feel probably because like they, they couldn't give probably probably because they couldn't give them enough time. And those two guys are tremendous. As is Bobby Roode. Last call, and he wasn't on the show either. We got to make it quick. Hey, Key Med from DC, got to make it quick, bro. What's up? 
Hey, what's going on, Taz? How's everything, brother? Thank you so much for everything that you do on the show. Uh, first thing first, uh, NXT stole the show, stole, yep. stole the weekend. Right. Uh, loved it. And then also uh, uh, Trish Stratus, she looked amazing. She did. And also, and also another thing I want to tell you is that I listen to your show while I'm working out at the gym, brother. Thank you for everything uh, that you do, brother. Appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. Uh, thanks for the call. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, Dave, thank you guys. Of course, the glass. Brian earlier. Peter Schwartz with the updates. Amy Lawrence is next. Everybody who called, thanks so much. Talk to you guys soon. Adios.